What's going on, Zero to Hear podcast fans? Welcome back to the show. On tonight's episode, Brady Carpenter, he is a financial analyst, planner, guru type person with your investment money. Uh, We had a fun conversation. He also just came back from the, he's going to correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, I think it was the over 30s. Uh, Canadian rugby team. He had a world championship in some very exotic beach type place, which sounded like a lot of fun. Uh, we chat about that tournament as well as a lot of random topics. This is going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy the show, guys. You have life philosophies. Do I have what? Life philosophies. A life philosophy. Do you have life philosophies? Because one of mine. Hold on, let me think of the exact wording of what Carl just said. <clears throat> one of mine is, no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's trying to figure it out, right? So, like, okay. you look at someone on Instagram or in the business world. For me, they look like they're doing pretty well but they still have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They've just figured out a few things that have worked. Yeah. So like, and it also helps me kind of take judgment away from myself. Like, oh, maybe my podcast isn't the best podcast in the entire world. It's, but, pretty, it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I listened to a few. It's pretty good. Not to toot your own horn and get myself back on here again. <laughs> <laughs> but no one knows what they're doing, right? Agreed. Joe Rogan, is he the most watched uh, podcast in the world? By far, yeah. I think he's the most watched media thing. Really? In the world, yeah. You know how many downloads a month he has? His podcast has? A lot. Any idea? 10 million. 95 million a month. It's more. It's closer it's, to 150. It's over that now? 150 million. It was like 90 million like a year, a year and a half ago. Okay. That seems like quite a few. A little bit, hey? But he still doesn't know what he's doing. People are, people, I've heard people ask him like, why did you even start this? He's like, I just wanted to like chat with my friends. <laughs> he's like, I like comedians. I'm a comedian. I have a lot of friends that are comedians. I just wanted an excuse to invite them over and chat with them for two is, hours. Is he still an owner of the UFC? I don't think he was ever an owner. Oh, was he not? He's, he's just involved. Yeah. And he does the commentary for some of them. Yeah. Right? But it, he he's toned it back a lot. Yeah, like right. he only does like one every once in a while now. He's probably making he money from his 150 million downloads mm-hmm. that he's okay. He won't travel. He still loves stand up. So there's a uh, comedy store, which is... What do you call it? Theater? What do you call them? Stand-up. Stand-up comedy? Like a drop-in comic. Theater? I don't know. Whatever you call it. Yeah, theater works. Whatever. Club? That he goes to all the time that is close to his house. He lives in Vegas still? Or no? He lives outside of LA. LA. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know if I have a life uh, motto or like... Not so much mottos, but more just like lines that I replay in my head all the time. And that is one of them. If I ever feel insecure about something or whatever, the thing that goes through my head is no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just trying to figure it out. My mom always said to me, like, not to be cliche, but like, smile and be happy. Mm-hmm. And it's tried to stick with me and it's worked out so far. The so, power of positivity. Yeah. Right? Like being nice to people and being optimistic is unbelievably long-term rewarding. The first date I went on with my wife, actually the f- the worst date I've ever been on. Was that one? The worst. 
actually. <laughs> Hope she doesn't um, listen to that. No, no, it's fine. I tell her all the time. <laughs> um, well, she like, I love her. Uh, super introverted. So I'm asking questions. I'm fairly talkative. Oh, like, where'd you go to school? What'd you study? What do you like to do? UBC sciences. I like movies. I was like, oh, movies. I can run with movies. I'm like, oh, have you seen this? She's like, no. I was like, have you seen this? She's like, no. Have you seen this? No. Do you watch movies? Like, what are you talking about? I know nothing of sciences. So I was, I was out there. <laughs> Avoid that one. <laughs> and we were, we were out for a walk. And whenever I go for a walk, I say hi to everyone that you pass. Like, just a common courtesy. Like, oh, hey. Like, smile. And then I make fun of the people that don't smile back at me. Oh and I God. count the ones that are like, oh, darn, there was one missed. Oh, two. Um, but it was one of those things she commented on to me later. She's like, I really loved how you said hi to everyone. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That's just a natural thing that I do. And manners were driven into me super young. And now with my daughter, I'm like obsessive that she says, please, thank you. Like, uh, it's basically it that she can say at this point. Now, when she doesn't want to do something, she goes, no, please. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. She's using manners, but <laughs> I'm not happy that you're not eating. Um, but, uh, and it was even a process with my wife because she didn't, not that she didn't have manners, but that wasn't ingrained in her. Whereas my mom like drove that into me to be super polite to adults, always look me in the eyes, say thank you, hold open the door, like stupid things like that. Mm. But it's carried over into my adult life that now, like even when I was in Bermuda, uh, the billets I was staying with had a, a three and a half year old daughter. And it kind of felt like I had a daughter there, even though she wasn't my daughter and I just met her. But yeah. like every morning I'd come up, she'd like, give me a big hug. And I was like, oh, like, this is really nice. And her name was uh, Juliana, super cute. And uh, she's like, comes up, she's like, Brady, Brady, like, like, do you want to do this? And I was like, what do you say? And she's like, please. And I was like, Ooh. like kind of held back a sec and look at the parents like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like it just, it's ingrained in me. And they're like, no, 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 we got a third parent here. This is great. So, but it was just, that's something I've tried to run with is like, be polite, be nice, smile. Things usually work out. Like, like you said, that nice guy doesn't finish last often. I mean, the asshole wins a lot too, but. Short term. The assholes don't win long term. Yeah. Most don't. Maybe Donald Trump keeps winning. So who the fuck knows? Well, I guess Lance Armstrong was an asshole and he's not out yet, but that's who I was that immediately that I think of. My, my good friend and a trainer. It's, athletes are interesting though. Maybe we can touch on that, but go ahead. My, my uh, trainer from SFU. He actually trains a few billionaires in uh, New York. And it was just interesting. You talk about not comparing yourself. You know, talk about all those things of, like, they're billionaires with a B. Mm -hmm. And they're miserable and unhappy. And you're like, you think of someone who's not a billionaire. Like, oh, that would be awesome. You can do whatever you want. But it's always, not to say, more or less a dick measuring contest at that point. You have four billion, I only have three. Oh man, my life's so like terrible. A billion is what, a thousand million? <laughs> so you have three thousand million dollars. That's you can't spend that money. You could, but it would take a lot. As a very motivated young business self-employed person like me, like myself, have you ever thought about that? To me, it's not really a number. I don't know about the number. I, I can't pick a number. But the time where you're just like, fuck it. Not necessarily I'm out, because I don't know if I could ever do that. I think I'd drive yeah. myself insane. <laughs> it's more just like, 
I've heard people classify it as fuck you money. Yeah. A billion dollars is a ridiculous fuck you money in number, right? Hard Probably know. 20 million is fuck you money. Well, I heard I don't I don't know what those numbers are, but like to me, someone who's a billionaire, yeah. it makes absolutely no sense why now you're trying to beat John or uh whatever Bill Gates or Jerry whoever. Jones or or, or or what's his name? What's the Patriots owner's name? Robert Kraft. Kraft. Yeah, Kraft. I guess like a douche. Man, good for him for getting after it at 77. <laughs> I hate the Patriots. <laughs> Hard, it's easy to hate the Patriots, but I really like winners, so it's okay. Um, but, but like I deal with people's money, so I see a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it's hard not to compare because I'm like, wow, that guy's doing really well. But uh, I was even listening to another podcast. That it talked about when is enough enough, and it was about this uh, company that the um, – they owned Farmville when Facebook was new or something like that. Well, I don't even know what Farmville is. Have you ever heard of Farmville, Carl? It's like one of those mini games on Facebook. Yeah, it doesn't oh. exist anymore. But Okay, yeah. It was they early, did a shit ton of Facebook ads, didn't they? Early, yeah. early okay. 2000, 2001, like okay. kind of the early days of Facebook. It was huge. And they had all these investment bankers swirling on them, being like, you're valued at $25 million or whatever the number was. It was in the billions. And uh, they sold for like a third of that. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you only selling for this? And they're like, it's not a question of when's enough enough. It's when's enough enough for you. And it was just an interesting perspective of like, when is enough enough for you? And there is no, as a motivated individual, mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. I want to make a million bucks and I'm done at a million. Like, I don't need to do it again. It's, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, oh, now I want to make 2 million. Like, there's just... It's a really hard conversation to have. And I know uh, I'm quite fortunate with my my wife. We have that conversation often of like, when are we enough? Like, when is it that we can kind of go, we can start giving it away. We can start like not helping people around, but yeah, like helping, doing more for around us rather than ourselves because we've got enough. We don't have a number yet because we're young and want more. But at the same time, when do you sacrifice happiness too? Because I've seen that in clients, guys making what I would classify as <clears throat> fuck you money. But I also look and I go, is he happy? And from uh, my perspective, I kind of go, could he make less and be happier? Probably. But he's, again, motivated. And I respect the motivation. But I also, as a selfish person, don't want him to die because he's a client. He's making lots of money. <laughs> Listen. Don't screw this up for both of us. Um, and again, I'm joking, but it, it, I don't know when the number is and I don't know. And it changes as your situation changes too, mm-hmm. right? When I look back to when I started my business and it's like, oh my God, you make a hundred grand and oh, that's amazing. I, I, I'm good. And you're like, no, because your life grows and shit changes. Oh, you throw in a wife, a kid, a mortgage and you're like, Okay, a hundred grand does not go very far anymore. Mm-hmm. And and but it's that sacrifice to me, and I know that changed my perspective, especially when I had a child, was yeah, I'm not gonna work till nine PM at night because I'd like to see my daughter and I'd be home for bath time and see my wife. And maybe that's just me. Um but when is enough enough is a tough question. Do you think you have to sacrifice happiness at some point in your career to get to a point where you can then decide to balance? 
Um, your priorities will always shift, in my opinion, at different stages of your life. Um, but I, I think they're, what do they say? It's like choose three, family, friends, health, money, and work. Like choose three because mm-hmm. you can't have it all because one or two things is going to drop off or you're not going to do any of them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like you, health and fitness is a huge part of my life. Look, I don't want to be fat. That's, a, that is, that's my motivation. How do I eat a salad five days a week and exercise so I'm not overweight? Um, also, I buy smaller suits <clears throat> so that I'm motivated because I'm cheap and don't want to buy another suit, so i got to fit <laughs> into this thing. Um, but but I, I think there is some, there has to be sacrifice somewhere. You, you, you can't do it all. It's impossible, in my opinion. And maybe some people have some crazy capacity, but I also, I like to sleep. That makes me happy too, so... There's only so many hours in the day. Do you think to get established, though, and to build... Got a second. To go from, let's say if your career is a 1,000 points, to go from 0 to 100 is 100% the hardest, right? To go from 1 to 500 is a lot easier than 0 to 100. Yeah. To get to from 0 to 100, do you think you have to sacrifice those... Instead of doing three things, like I'm looking at my experience in real estate, and it was zero effort on health, some effort on relationship that did not go well. <laughs> uh, it was all work all the time. Friends was like a back burner and I would hang out with friends a lot, but it was like someone's birthday is at 7 p.m. I'm showing up at 11 and hanging out with them for an hour and then going home and working, working for two more hours. Yep. So it was like priority was very, pretty clear and then everything else just kind of was aftermath. And now six years in, I'm understanding that balance is important for me and it's getting a lot better, like fitness. And I'm making sure that I spend time on that stuff. You didn't want to be fat. But I was fat and I got fat. How much do you weigh? How much did you weigh and how much do you weigh? If you're willing to share that. About 30 pounds. 30 pounds. I was 215 and now I'm like between 180, 185. And you don't really have a frame for 215. Is that fair to say? I... I think because I'm like almost 6'3", I like wore it okay. That's fair. But it was uncomfortable for me. (laughs) You know what? I don't know if I, we don't know each other that well, but I've said it on the podcast before. The the deal breaker for me was I sat down in my car one day and my underwear (laughs) flap folded over. Amazing. I've never experienced that before. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? What is this? (laughs) Poke it. Hope it's not real. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I haven't had that. I, I got as heavy as about 213 when I was playing football at SFU. I don't have a frame to hold that weight. I'm only 6'1 on a good day. How old are you? Uh, 32. 32. Okay. So I played, I was like 23 years old, and they're like, we want you to be 225 pounds. I'm like, how do you expect me to do that? I was consuming 10,000 calories a day. That's outstanding. It was disgusting, <laughs> actually. Like all day, every day eating protein shakes, like five sandwiches a day. It just gets to a point where you hate eating, eh? You I would go to all you, can, all you can eat sushi yeah. after 9 p.m. Oh, my God. And just like I could shovel anything into my face. And in the back of my buddy's truck, like, <laughs> go to bed, wake up the next day. And it was Such just a gross heartburn. And <laughs> What is going on? Where did it go? Huh. And, and obviously those protein shakes give you 
terrible gas, by the way. Uh, so my girlfriend at the time did not love me. But um, I, I just couldn't, as soon as we started into camp, because it was two a days, there was no way that weight was staying on me. I couldn't consume enough food to maintain it that I dropped down to about 205. But in football, especially, like weight is such a, they push it so hard. Because mm. what's, what's force is velocity times mass or something like that. You can Google that one too. I think that's accurate. Though. Mass times acceleration. Yeah, something like that. See, sounds better when he says it. Not a scientist. Yeah, you're not a scientist. <laughs> but but uh, if a guy was 235 pounds, like if you were only 200, you better be running real yeah. fast to be able to stop him. Um, so it was a bit of a, a thing there. We want you to be heavy. We want you to be big. But then you were, I don't know if you ever watched um, Dragon Ball Z. Ever? No. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember Come when on. Trunks comes yes. from the future? Mm-hmm. And he's not quite Super Saiyan 2, and he goes okay. against Cell. Yes. Where he's super bulky, and Cell's just like dancing around him because he's so fast. Mm-hmm. That's not that I was a Super Saiyan, but <laughs> kind of how I felt. You were just, like, you were so bulky, you couldn't move. So you sacrifice size and agility. Exactly. And, and again, that's what I always thought of. I was like, fuck, Trunks, Super Saiyan <laughs> level one. Um, but uh, it, 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 it was just such a push. And, and... I regret playing at that size, truthfully, but coming back to that weight thing, I shrunk down when I stopped playing. So I was like working in a bar, working construction, working out, playing rugby. I dropped down to like a buck 73. And my, my brother's girlfriend at the time was like, have you lost weight? I was like, no, no. I'm like 195 pounds. Like step on the scale. I was like, oh, where did I go? Like, I didn't even look good. I looked gaunt, right? Like working a bar at night, like sunk in. 173 pounds. That's pretty slim. A realtor that I know fairly well, like three years ago, showed up to a showing. <laughs> this is like, well, partially like going through the separation bullshit too. So it was a lot of that late nights. But this was like at the peak of work career okay, in terms of number of hours. And I show up to a showing and my clients aren't there yet. So I go say hi to her. She's like, you look terrible. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks. It's great to see you too. Thank you. <laughs> but- wasn't that a bit of a like, yeah, it's a slap in the face, but you're like, oh my God, somebody notices. I should probably do something. Yeah. And I probably noticed myself, but I wasn't really concerned. You think you're invincible, right? You have said that to me. You figure it out as you go. The balance is important. Nobody knows. And it's just, it, it's difficult to understand what the balance is until you go through it, I think. Because the balance for you versus Carl versus me is very different things. Well, in capacity too, right? Everybody's capacity is slightly different at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to Bermuda, I was super motivated and was like training six days a week while working, while my wife was working and having a kid and trying to have a semblance of stuff. There was no way I said by the end of it, I'm like, I couldn't maintain this level for a year. Yeah. But just that's not sustainable. But I knew it was a short sprint that, okay, I got to go. Mm. And completely undid all of my training in those 11 days in Bermuda. But um, that was the motivation. And I know, I've learned that about myself, of always having something to like shoot for. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to go. My brother-in-law wants to run a marathon. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. But I just kind of want to smash you. So <laughs> I'm probably going to do it. So like, have you ever run one? I'm like, never. Like, that sounds awful. 
And my dad was actually a long distance runner, like ultra marathoners, 100 milers, 50 milers. And now he's got terrible knees. Also probably not why I, want to, why I don't want to run. Um, but I was just like, again, it's something motivationally to like, okay, I have an end point. Yeah. How do I go run a marathon? Okay, I just start running. And, and okay, well, what's next after that? Because if I don't have something, that's when I'm like, yeah, I don't have to go do that thing or I don't have to, and again, similar with business. Um, and just, I know even with my wife, always having like a trip planned, always having something so that we're both on that common goal. Um, that's where I'll share like a lot of my support is her. Like I wouldn't be where I am, not to be cliche again, my mom and my wife. Um, so good. <laughs> they both better listen to this. Um, but, but without her, like I wouldn't be where I am today. And now it's more of a motivation of like, how do I support my family? But I said to a, a buddy that he and his wife are, are, are pregnant and he works a lot. And he's like, how do you manage it? And I was like, your capacity just grows. Like you find a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you level up or whatever, but you're like, okay, I don't have a choice. I got to do this. And you just do somehow. But Does it grow or you just alter? You shift things. Probably a little bit of both. And you, you correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have kids. Do you? Nor do I think that's in the near future. <laughs> that's the worst thing. Yeah. I have 15 nieces and nephews, so I see it all the time. And they're just not mine. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm happy and to be Here you go. <laughs> I got like 20 to 30 minutes with these crazy animals. And they then they're going away. back. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> fair. Do you think you just like find ways to be efficient in terms of work stuff. I got to pound out a hundred phone calls today. I used to do it in three hours. Now I need to do it in two hours. Just like finding little ways in business to be more efficient so that that extra 30 minutes can be spent with your kid. And Yeah. Um, I, they always talked about in like when I started in the business, like, oh, do you want to make more money? Like buy a house. Because again, you're motivated. Like, okay, I got to make that money to pay for that house. Uh, you want to make more money, like get married. You want to make more money, have a kid. You want to make more money, have two kids. And you're just like, okay. And I didn't understand it until obviously it happened. And I was like, okay, I got to do this. And uh, I think your mindset shifts that, and your priorities. Okay. I want to be home for bath time. I want to be home for reading or a book. I have a finite amount of time. And I know, especially with me, I've got two good assistants that like I come in, I drop in paperwork and I'm like, okay, I got to go. Like we have questions. Like you can phone me because I got to go. Like I got to get home for bath time or my wife works at, uh, she's a nurse. So she works at 7am to 7pm or 7pm to 7am. And I'm like, she needs to be gone by six. So I got to be home by 530. I got to get this shit done. Now, when she goes to work and my daughter goes to bed, I'm back at work. I'll have phone calls with clients. I'll have Zoom meetings or whatever, send off emails, but I'm at home then. Obviously a bit of a prisoner to my own house, but it's, and as you know, as a self-employed individual, it never shuts off. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just, you find things. I know when we didn't have a kid, I would get up with my wife in the morning. I still get up with her in the mornings when she works, but I would get a ride downtown with her. And she would drop me off. I'd go to work. I'd wait till she gets off. Well, obviously that's not 
the situation now. I can't do that because she goes to work. I'm up with the kiddo. And then she comes home like I was full-time dad from 5.30 p.m. to basically 7.30 p.m. until the kid goes to sleep. And then I'm full-time husband. She goes to bed. I'm back at work, um, which I think is a priority shift. You just, you make it happen. And I'm probably sacrificing some sleep, which is part of health of some sort that will come back to bite me later. But it's all more wrinkles. I already got a ton anyway, so who cares? Um, gray hair. Well, I have no hair, so who cares? Um, <laughs> but, but I don't know. And again, you don't know until you're there, right? And, and I've talked to parents, because we're having our second in March, who are like, two is way crazier than one. Fair, I can imagine. One, I had no idea what I was doing. So, again, you come back to no one knows. No one knows. That's, no see, one. Carl? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. No one, no one fucking knows. You just, and I said this to someone, I was like, I'm just trying not to screw it up. That's all I'm trying to do. I don't want to be, maybe not painfully average, but maybe just slightly <laughs> above average. You don't have to do anything exceptional. <laughs> just a little more. And, and not screw it up. Anyways, I can rant for a long time too. <laughs> Might not be the greatest podcast for that, but let's talk about Bermuda. Bermuda. I want to hear about that. First of all, how were you involved in what tournament was this? Uh, the World Rugby Classics. So you have to be a minimum of 30. Okay. Um, typically, it's 33 and above. You're allowed so many players under 33, and I turned 33 in February. Um, so there was kind of like, yeah, you're fine. Um, it's a world tournament every year. Um, so this year it was South Africa, uh, Argentina, France, Italy, U.S., British Lions, Ireland, Canada. Canada kind of come, comes every year. And sometimes they'll bring in like a, a New Zealand, but they cost a lot to bring in because they're under all one union. I have no idea what they cost, but they brought him in one year and they're like, okay, you're never coming back because you're too expensive. They, they have to pay for all the players, all the coaches, money goes to the union. Like, okay, you're, no, like, sorry. Um, Is that the same for like the sevens tournament that happens in Canada every year? Um, I think the unions pay into it more there because it's, that's like a world tournament. It's much more prestigious. Um, this is more for like ex-pros okay. that still want to represent their country or still young enough to play not young enough to play pro anymore. Sure. Um, so, so it's every year, 11 days in Bermuda and, um, pretty cool event. Not going to lie. Uh, I was, I've never actually played for Canada. Uh, I've had tryouts at different teams. Um, so I went up to Anchorage in July to play with like not to call it the B-side, but more or less the B-side old guy Canada team. And I uh, hadn't played in four years, was totally nervous. Uh, ended up starting. I was only supposed to play 20 minutes. The guy who was supposed to start ahead of me, like, basically sniper caught him from the sidelines. He gets injured in the practice. So they're like, <laughs> you're in. I'm like, oh, God, okay. Um, ended up playing really, really well. And uh, they, the one guy who was organized is like, hey, like, I want to get you to Bermuda. I want to get to Bermuda. So I had a couple of buddies on the team and one of the guys is kind of in the middle management. I was like, get me on this team. Like I want in. And he's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. I'm like, no, 
I want on this team. Like, I don't have many chances at this. I want in. He's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. And then the president of this team, I was like, texting him like, hey, if you need an extra body, like basically it was business. I was following up to try and get, get in there and uh, got, a, got a message like, yeah, you're in. Sweet. Like, this is awesome. But the level of rugby, uh, there's, there's Premier in BC, which is kind of the best. And that's, that's what I played up until four years ago. This is kind of a step above that. Um, and I'd been told, like, it's fast. I was like, okay, the speed and fitness, I'm not worried about that. Skill, obviously, I haven't played in four years. I was a little worried about that, but I was, I was, I was good. Um, we played Italy in the first game. We lost by one point, which really stung. Kind of puts us in the bottom half. Um, and then we played France again. We lost by three. Um, unfortunately, I took the penalty that they kicked to win the game, which really stings. Again, I've, I know I've heard on your podcast talking about the losses. That one's going to sit with me for a long time. Um, I wasn't the only reason we lost, but I was the final blow that lost it for us. Um, but uh, it was a lot, a lot of drinking. <laughs> a lot. You were there for 11 days in that two games? Yeah. And the gaps in between the games. Like, if you, if you win the second day, you play on Saturday. So then you leave on Sunday. <clears throat> so at least that third game hopefully breaks up those last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days of drinking. I was a rookie, so I would say there was a bit more onus on me to be out, uh, be a good tourist, but also be a good player. Um, great group of guys, a lot of fun, uh, very extroverted males, um, which I thought I was a fairly extroverted person. I am not, clearly. I am not witty. I am not funny. <laughs> like, I'm just going to stay quiet and hope someone notices me enough. Um, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, you rent scooters on the island. Um, real learning experience going again. And I know that's, they're like, would you come back? I'm like, am I invited back? They're like, yeah. Then yes, I'm coming back. Like I'm in every year I'll go. Like if I get invited, I'm in. And you kind of graduate from player to upper management. And then you graduate from upper or alum to upper management to upper, upper management. Like there's guys that have been coming for 25 years. I have no idea how they've done it. Like <laughs> I can't imagine the years that have been taking off their life, but um, yeah, really cool experience. Um, but a lot of drinking. What's the oldest guy on the team? 42, I think was our oldest guy playing. Um, Kind of the middle is like 37, 38, the average. Um, we had a couple younger guys, like I said, around that 31, 32, 33. Um, it's a couple guys that are like absolute studs. One guy that plays for Canada for the sevens, he'll be at the Olympics. Guy's an absolute machine. <clears throat> Who's that? John Moonlight. Like I've, I've seen him play and I played against him, but to play with him, you're like, wow, you are an impressive individual. And, uh, just an all-around great dude, too. That, that was the thing. They're all the cream of the crop from their necessary clubs. Most of them have represented Canada. I think there's three guys that haven't represented Canada. John's had like 65 caps for Canada. Um, and yeah, like just great dudes. So a lot of fun. Um, like I said, it undid my training. But uh, and my wife was like, and you want to go back? 
I need about 355 days, but yes. And I was texting with one of the buddies like, hey, like, I feel awful. And he's like, yeah, you need a week. I think I might need two weeks. <laughs> oh my God. But it was, it was so sweet. And, and I'll for sure go back. There's another tournament that's similar to the Anchorage one in Calgary at the Stampede this year mm-hmm. um, in July. So I may go again because it's only a four-day bender instead of an 11-day bender. Um, but again, you only play one game. So I only play one game? You got to think, uh, rugby is also full contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a dude gets a concussion in the first game and he's playing in the second four days later like you shouldn't be playing you know so that's the challenge with 15s is it's much more brutal versus sevens 14 minute game not that a lot can't happen but generally speaking there isn't the smash that happens in 15s Mm -hmm. um so you are even limited by how many games you can play yeah but i'll go back i'll go back Mm -hmm. i got a full year to train now and then undo my training in 11 days. Every year it's in Bermuda? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, Bermuda was interesting. I don't know if I expected more from it. I actually did. I fully expected more. It was like a tax haven. I was like, oh, everything's going to be like paved in gold. No. It was actually pretty beat up because it gets hit by so many storms. Um, but the people were super friendly. Like I was on, our, on my scooter trying to get to this one location. There's three main roads, north, middle, and south road. So, but then there's offshoots off that. And I get to the stoplight and they drive on the left-hand side of the road. Oh. A little more confusing. British. Yeah. 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 Uh. So I got up to the, the stop sign and normally if you get up to the stop sign, you look left, right? And here, I look left, like, okay, oncoming traffic, I make a right. There, you have to like consciously, like, I got to look right to make sure there's no, and the sign the street signs are all like posted on the like wall. Mm-hmm. So like, you can't see anything. Right. And I pull up this thing and this guy could tell instantly, like you're a tourist and you're lost. Like, where are you trying to go? And I was like, uh, South Swizzle. And he's like, okay, follow me. <laughs> Took me right there. I was like, wow, that was a really nice guy. Hmm. Kid on the back, like waving at me. It was really nice. Um, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. It is in the middle of nowhere. I'm oh, sorry. I was just Googling where That's it okay. is. Not inexpensive no because idea. it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, I went to Barbados last year, okay, which is reasonably close. off the east coast of North America, <laughs> but not that close. I'm assuming it would be similar in terms of like people U- and culture and USD. Uh, Are they their own currency? They had their own currency. They accept USD, of course. They're so probably similar to Bermuda. I think so. Um, Very English speaking. Oh yeah. Um, super friendly people. Pretty clean. It was like very uh, third world, like super poverty. Okay. People were living like, like houses were beaten up and like it, was, it wasn't, there was a couple neighborhoods that like we drove through that were just super, super luxury. Like there was a hotel, well, it was like an apartment building that had like seven apartments that were each 7,000 square feet. Rihanna has one of them. And You've like, talked about this before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rung a ball with the Rihanna. They were like seven or eight million dollars each. These these gotcha. units on the beach, but literally two minutes away is like Slim. a forty thousand dollar house where we stayed in an Airbnb. 
everything was fairly nice and like there's crazy um, lizards running around our house (laughs) (laughs) fuck i think bermuda's not inexpensive um but i was in a pretty small bubble um i was pretty conscious with the scooter because drinking and driving there is pretty loose um and I'd been, I'd been told some stories. We were going to the beach and guys are all wearing shoes. And I'm like, why are you guys wearing shoes? Like, not flip-flops. And they're like, oh, like Bermuda rash. And like, Should I be concerned about Bermuda rash? Like, no, 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 no. Like, when you put your foot down, I guess the uh, roads are made with asphalt and Bermuda stone, which is more or less coral. So it just tears up feet, tears up like you hit that deck and it, everything's coming off. Oh. So... It's like, oh, food for thought. Bring extra shoes next time. Like, don't bring... And I was very conscious, but uh, my billet's house was like a 15-minute walk to downtown. 15-minute walk to the field. So I kind of left my scooter alone a lot because just... There's no police out. There's nobody around. You're drunk. It's easy to hop on a scooter. I was like, I'm going to be smart. Like, I'm going to leave this temptation away. Not that I would, but let's take it away like one night i gave my bill at my backpack i was like my keys are in there just throw it downstairs and they're like okay no problems um but yeah super friendly people um I, like i said i'd go back for this tournament i know my wife was like oh like can we come no <laughs> this is not a family friendly tournament like really really this is drinking with the boys so as weird as it is, it was so fun to be back in like a locker room, like just with the boys, like after the game, crushing beers in the locker room. Um, our outfits were amazing. We have a Bermuda, uh, I don't know if it's a Bermuda tuxedo or a Bermuda suit. You can look that one up, but it's high socks. These are white high socks, khakis. So there's like a gap, white V-necks and these red blazers. And on these blazers was like pictures of like beavers and hockey sticks and maple syrup and Canadian leaves, but they weren't like, they didn't stand out. They were all red. And, uh, we got some very good looks. The whole team is wearing them, but this was a Bermuda like suit. That's what they wear with these shorts and high socks. And I was like, no way. Walk into like a business place. It's a Bermuda short suit. What the fuck? (laughs) but we're all decked out in it. And around the, the entire field is corporate sponsors. Mm-hmm. Like KPMG rented out one of the tents and it was like $50,000 or something like that. Really? And Jeez. so we just played, we mm-hmm. roll up, we're in the player's tent, we roll up to the tent. They're like, boys, come on in. Like open the gate, mm-hmm. free food, free booze. Like anything you guys want, go for it. We're going to take advantage of this because at the bar, drinks are like $15 USD each. <laughs> I'd rather free. Um, people are asking questions. You're like dancing around and then you pay for it the next day. But it's all part of the game. By day eight, I was like, yeah, I'm done drinking. The, the, the 10th day, like it wasn't even working. You're drinking and I'm like, why are we not getting <laughs> drunk? I want this to like work at least. Tried to sneak out. These two old guys, older guys were like, Ready, where are you going? Oh, just the bar down here. They're like, no, no, no the bar's this way. <laughs> went to the bar and I'm there everybody shows up i'm sneaking out now like, screw this 
And, uh, and when I sneak out, it's like 2.30 a.m. Like, I'm gassed. I want to go home. I've been drinking all day. It was a rookie night. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'll go back. But um, yeah, I need something else motivated. Like I need a, a next thing. So that marathon is a bit enticing. When's that? The BMO, I believe. I think it's May, March. It's an M. One of those two. So <laughs> I believe it's, yeah, March or May. My brother-in-law is doing it. He's like, you should do it. Sure. I'm just going to actually sign up for it. I'd really like to do a triathlon, but I can't swim. I sink like a rock. Can't swim? Like, physically, if I had to survive, I would stay afloat. But I sink. I would say I have dense bones. <laughs> what does that mean? I know. So, when I scuba dive, um, and are either of you certified for scuba diving? No. Okay, so... Uh, I just did in West Van or North Van, but you go to the West Van pool, you have to swim 200 meters. And I'm like, how long do I have? They're like, uh, like as long as it takes. Okay. So I dove in first and I literally like <laughs> backstroked, not even backstroke, like, I don't know what you want to call this, back butterfly, whatever it's called. 200 meters. It must have taken me 15 minutes. Everybody finished before me. And I started first by a mile. Um, then they make you tread water for 10 minutes. It was awful. Like, some of the girls can float, and if you could float, they just lie there and whatever. It's different for girls. Different body makeup. Gender thing again, hey? <laughs> they can multitask. Is that can... a fact? Is that no, true? No, that's 100% true, yeah. They're more buoyant? The body's, I guess, they carry more fat naturally, so that's more buoyant. Whereas men, it's muscle, it's more dense. Bones are more dense, too. It's true. Sounds sexist, Carl. <laughs> um, but it was 10 minutes of hell. So whenever now I go scuba diving, they're like, oh, what, like, how tall are you? What do you weigh? And I like, give them this. They're like, okay, you need like 25 pounds. I'm like, no, 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 like 10. They're like, no, no, no. And I remember the first time I went, I, they're like, no, no, you're putting 25. And I was just hitting the bottom of the seafloor. <laughs> <laughs> Got up. I was like, I don't want this much weight. You're trying to use your BCD to like balance. And something you're like going like, oh, it's terrible. So I can't swim and I just sink. I'm more dense. <laughs> Unfortunately, a buddy of mine, we were out for, for coffee yesterday, and he's one of the more athletic people. He's just good at everything. And he was like, he told me he can't swim. And I was like, oh, that made me feel so much better that it's not just me. My wife and her sister, they, they lived in an expat school in uh, Malaysia, and uh, they swam competitively. And they're like, how about we teach you how to swim? And I'm like, yeah, sure. They like, get to their pool, like, jump in and swim a lap. <laughs> okay thrashing just terribly and they're like get to get to the end and they're laughing again i've been made fun of most of my life so i'm not overly sensitive <laughs> um but but i want you to think about this if i taught you a, a new skill and i laughed at you how would you feel and they're like hmm fair i'm like and if we you and i did this every single day i would eventually catch you <laughs> it might take me a long time but i'd eventually get better than you i want you to remember that like yeah, that's fair too. Like, well, wh why can't you float? I'm like, I don't know. Like, this has just been my makeup. <laughs> so yeah, I sink like a rock. It's terrible. Last year, there was a situation in Miami where uh, <laughs> Miami, yeah. So a cruise, a cruise ship worker, thirty-two, he went overboard, and he ended up uh, treading water for twenty-two hours, and he lived. <laughs> what did you Google there? Twenty-two hours of treading water in the open ocean. 
That's is that crazy? I wouldn't last. I, I, Me neither. And I have no idea. Apparently, the cruise ship did not know he went over. <laughs> Otherwise, it's pretty fucking mean to leave the guy out there for 22 hours. <laughs> See you later. Andy, are you over there again, Andy? <laughs> We're just going to leave you out there for a day. We'll, we'll come hours. back for you. Good for him, though. Like, survival instinct. Mm-hmm. 22 hours. I would probably last an hour. Just sheer survival. Yeah, yeah. But after that, I'm, I'm, I'm literally over, just... Yeah. <laughs> In Barbados, like I went in the ocean almost every day and you like go past the wake, the waves, and you just kind of like hang out there and it's not that hard. Fuck you, Denny. The salt water helps for sure. But... No. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, this guy was on a cruise in the ocean. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm kidding. When I say fuck Maybe you. you're just a good floater. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that everyone was like that. Apparently no, not. No, Mm-mm. they're not. You got dense bones. It's a disease. No. Um, Did you play football in, in university? Yeah. I know that. Yeah, Simon Fraser. Yeah. What position? Free safety and backup quarterback. Mm. When we traveled, I was the backup Q. Who was the quarterback when you were there? Uh, Bern Dietrich, the guy that died. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I'm wearing his band. First time wearing it in 10 years. I boycotted it. My buddy reminded us that we came to the coach with this idea. And then he took it and took credit for it. I was really upset about it. Forgot about it actually up until today. This it was just on Monday. We had our memorial touch football tournament. And I got given one, and I was like, "This is the first one I've had." And my buddy's like, "Yeah, because we boycotted it." I was like, right. Probably shouldn't have boycotted. It wasn't the best reason, but <laughs> bitter. Um, yeah, Bern Dietrich. He was a hell of an athlete. Twenty-one years old, had heart failure in the pool. Jesus. Yeah, nobody knew he had enlarged heart. Um, uh, Jordan was up there, Shelton, when I was there. Um, then he went off to Guelph, I believe. Um, guy named Caleb Clark was there when Byrne was injured. He came in and played. Um, that was an interesting experience because he was there to do his MBA and he'd been recruited by Calgary and SFU and he chose an SFU because they'd given him more money or something like that to do his MBA, but they registered him to do like a GBA or something like that was the designation. And the Calgary coach kicked up a fuss and he was deemed ineligible. So we went from four and three on the verge of playoffs to one and six and we're out of the playoffs. We go into Winnipeg, we lose. They change over to the NCAA, 60 guys deemed ineligible. So 110 guys, 60 guys like, hey, you're done. And then the next week the quarterback died. Like, boom, 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 four weeks. And uh, it was pretty, I won't say traumatic. Um, It was a really cool bonding experience for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm close friends with a lot of the guys I played with for that reason. Like, you're in a locker room, 110 dudes, like, all meatheads. Literally all of us. Um, Vast majority. (laughs) Like, crying. And... I, I couldn't be around that because I make really awkward jokes when people are upset. <laughs> and again, I'm not overly funny at the best of times. So I had to like, I got to go. I'm going to say something stupid. I got to go. So, but again, all those guys, we just, like I said, had our ninth annual uh, Bernie Bowl uh, on Monday. Uh, we all still think we have it. Um, some of us do. A lot of us don't. Um <laughs> 
but uh, it's just a good reason to get back together. Uh, they're creating an endowment for them. It's pretty cool. Uh, one guy, Mark Bailey, has done so much work, thankless work. Um, I respect all the all that he's done for SFU football and SFU, like the Bernie Bowl. It's raised almost twenty thousand dollars. Doesn't sound like a lot, but spits off a thousand dollar scholarship every year. Totally. So, um, it was a really cool experience. I know SFU taught me how to work, and it taught me process because football is very process driven, especially at free safety. Um, the coach I used to watch film. He actually used to watch it until you fell as- until he like fell asleep. It was pretty incredible. But his process to map things out to the point where you're like, you see a team line up in a certain formation, certain down and distance. You're like, this is what they're doing. Like, oh, they're running crossers. Oh, yeah, they run crossers. Oh, they're running weak dive. Boom, they're running like particular points in the field because especially when we practice, it's like, oh, it's second and six on their own 35. This is what they're running. And so then you get into the game and it just slows down because you're like, I know exactly what you're doing better than you know what you're doing. Um, so it was a really cool experience that way. And, and again, taught me process. It also taught me um, performance-based because the better you played, the more you got paid. And how you got better was working out and training and film and that process. So it taught me like, oh, I just really have to put in a lot of work. Obviously, you have to be mildly good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was an okay player. Like, I wasn't amazing. I wasn't a stud. I was above average. We had guys that were freaks running, like, I think we had three guys running four 340s, which I don't know if you know what that means, but it's yeah, I know what that means. That's really insane. fast. Um, I used to be fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ran a 4 4. You ran a 4 4. Mm-hmm. Really? That's pretty quick, especially for a 6'3", dude. I used to be fast. What happened? I'm still kind of fast. <laughs> I'd be Carl in a race. It's <laughs> not saying much. <laughs> um, yeah, it was yeah, a really cool experience for that. And, and I wouldn't be in the business without going to SFU and playing football, too. Um, guy started a company and loved what he was doing, joined him kind of grew into what I've done now. So I, I, like I said, wouldn't be where I am without SFU football. And they're in my will, let's put it that way. I talk a lot about um, like sports evolving me into the human I am today. Is there any negatives that you take away from like organized sport? You talk about process and like saying, okay, a team is in this formation. They're going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a great thing in business. Being like, okay, this person fits this mold. I'm assuming this is going to happen or they're going to say these things, right? I don't know if I agree with that. I know I was off for coffee with that buddy and client yesterday and I had no none of his numbers. I knew nothing. But I was making some assumptions given like what I'd heard over our conversation of the last three years and kind of pigeonholed them to be like, here's what I think. He was like, yeah, that's my income, that's my mortgage, that's my net worth. I was, like, I was pretty close because I've seen it enough, that process, that I could kind of pitch up. Maybe I was off by 
a 10,000 here, a 10,000 there, but marginal. Um, the thing it teaches you intuition then. Yeah. Reading people. Um, and allowing you, you, you still have to adapt, but at the same time, because even if you think they're going to run this, their coach is teaching them something different to not be uh, cons- that consistent and that predictable. Yeah, thank you. Um, but so you still have to be able to adapt that. I think I'm like 95% sure they're running crossers. Oh, shit, they didn't. Uh, like, how do we adapt to that? Um, so I, I think from that perspective, sports definitely does help business. Um, but the negatives, um, as much as I love being competitive, I think it can also be a hindrance. People think you're aggressive sometimes. People are like, oh, you're always competitive. I like winning. Actually, I hate losing more than I like winning. <laughs> Which I know you've said before, and, yeah. but I agree with it. I do. I hate, I remember the losses more than the wins. So everything, like, that's why I said, when we met that first time, I was like, I feel I know a lot about you, but you don't know me. But we're actually pretty similar. Um, but it's true, right? Like it's it sits with you. Um, you just. I remember my grade twelve provincial semifinals against Shawnigan Lake. We lost thirteen thirteen. Where'd you? Hold on, that's the same score. Thirteen thirteen. Yes. What does that mean? We lost thirteen thirteen. They scored first. What? Yeah. Trust me. This is this is football. This is rugby now. Oh, Sorry, shit. I jumped. Okay. I jumped. I jumped. Sorry. But BC Provincials, rugby. Where'd you go to high school? Carson Graham. Oh, Carson. Did you play football in high school as well? Yeah. yeah. I was... Public schools in BC have football and rugby, whereas private schools are either football or rugby. Mm-hmm. St. George's was rugby. Vancouver College was football. I went to STM. Played football, football. But no rugby program. You had to go to your club for that. Um but uh, yeah, Carson had a fairly strong rugby program and a reasonably strong football program. Um, but we, yeah, we went to the grade 12 provincial semifinals. I can remember who was playing in that game and we lost 13-13. It like pains me still. Buddy that I saw. Is that a rule in rugby? If you tie the You can person... only play so many minutes at under 18 rugby. Denny hates ties so much. He, he can't even fathom It wasn't us. a tie. We lost. Okay. <laughs> If, if, so there were certain tiebreakers and that we were tied no on sense. every, yeah, trust me, we were tied on every tiebreaker except who scored first. And I asked the question, well, what happens if we were 0-0 zero, zero and we were tied on everything? They would have flipped a coin. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, crushing. Crushing. You should, you should write them a letter. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine your season, your grade 12 season ending on a fucking mm-hmm. flipped coin or a coin flip? Yes, I guess, because I, I lost because it was scored pretty close. First. Yeah, I scored first. Um, that was the next thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we, it's a hell of a game. They used to, they used to play four games in four days uh, for provincials out at rugby. UBC, wow. it was awesome, awesome experience. Um, and obviously, the hardest game to get up for is that consolation final for third, fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got bronze two years in a row. And, um, but, yeah, we lost 13-13. So you talk about losses that sit with you. That still stings. Do you watch the NFL? Religiously. Do you have a favorite team? Well, you already kind of named them. I'm actually... Patriots. I like the Patriots. 
Are you fucking kidding? But hear me out. Hear me out. Turn this off. Yeah, hear me out. Yeah, I knew that was cool. Delete everything I, that we just. I, I actually, I, I'm. I love the game, so I actually hate going to games live. I've been to a bunch of football games. College, I used to love going to. But I love the 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 little things in football, that I find it tough to watch live. Um, so I love watching it on TV. I'd rather go to Seattle and watch it at a bar near the stadium than watch it in the stadium. Because I end up watching the screen to like watch a guy toe tap. Um, I actually don't. I love the Patriots because they win, but I love like that Atlanta Falcons Patriots uh, final. I had a Michael Vick jersey and a Tom Brady jersey, and whoever was winning, I wore that jersey. Um, that Seahawks Super Bowl. I hate you. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Most people do. I can based take, on I that can, statement alone. Um, but I, I've loved players. Mm. Right, football is. The athleticism is incredible. Um, I mean, basketball is the hardest sport because you have to be gifted with height and athleticism. Football is incredible, though. These guys are just freaks. Um, and and like looking at DK Metcalf for <laughs> Seattle, that dude is Gongsha. ridiculous. His body, like <laughs> that, that picture when he's a ridiculous blown up. He's 23. Did you see the Chase Young one with Ohio State too? No, that one's crazy too. You should yeah. look that one up. He he <laughs> he looks like just superhuman compared to the other six guys that are also freaks. Yeah. Um, but, but like Julio Jones, I love Julio Jones. He's so sweet to watch. When you hear other players comment on a guy, you're like, you're about to see something. Yeah. Like Larry Fitzgerald was commenting to. I saw that. Yeah. Like, Who was it? It was one of the rookie was, was receivers. It, was it or it was Kyler Murray. Yeah. It he was like, you're about to see something. You're like, yeah. man, when a guy like Larry Fitzgerald respects Julio Jones, and I, there's a guy named Adam Zaruba. I don't know if you know that name. Mm -mm. He plays rugby for Canada Sevens. Mm -hmm. So he went to SFU, went to Carson, went to SFU, drove him like daily up there. Um, fortunately, didn't pan out with football at SFU. Went to rugby and played Sevens. He's like 6'6", 280 pounds, and runs like a 4'5", 40. And there's actually a catch if you Google him. Um, off a kickoff, mm -hmm. he runs sticks up his hand, catches it with one hand, and then just keeps running. What's, like, his, what's his name? Adam Zaruba. Hmm. Um, and he's just a horse. Like, he's so big <laughs> and so fast. He actually got a tryout with the Philadelphia Eagles. He went to two camps for the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, I asked him when he came back, I'm like, man, how was it? And he's like, you know, there was three levels of players. There was, like, the bottom fodder that are just, like, there to get killed. The middle range, and again, there's still like discrepancies in there. Then you have the top range, like the Darren Sproles, the Julio Joneses. Mm -hmm. Just the freak athletes, that right? Can do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. Mm -hmm. I was like, where did you fit in? He's like, I was like, middle, middle. I was like, hmm. Because Zach Ertz is obviously there. I was like, how do you stack up? He's like, yeah, that guy's a freak. Like, he, my buddy ended up, Zeruba had to go against Jason Peters, not Jason Peters, the DN for, for the Eagles, whatever his name is, something Peters, mm -hmm. um, Jason, whatever his name is. And he's like, I wasn't allowed to block against a DN after that because he was so good. Really? And I think of Zeruba as a freak, but these guys are just next level. Um, football is an incredible sport. 
So like Drew Brees, that's why I say I'm a player's guy. I just love a good game. I don't care who it is. I mean, the game last night, Monday night. sloppy, yeah. but awesome to, yeah, Monday night, the, was it Seattle? San um, Fran. San Fran, Jimmy Garoppolo, like Dante Pettis, who went to the Huskies. Cause I, my buddy's stepson played for the Huskies for years. So I was down at five or six games a year. Um, I just love football and I love the like nuances of it because I played it at nowhere near that level. But do you uh, like Garoppolo? Um, it's okay. I wrote a poem about the game. Okay, do tell. <laughs> like a haiku? <laughs> no, it's a full, it's a That's full a poem. That's what Lucas asked. Everyone asked if it's a haiku. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Is that like nine, What eight, the fuck nine, is a haiku? Eight, something like that, yeah. Three, eight, five, or? That's a full poem. Can you like reiterate it? You want me to read it? I would love you to read All your right. Jimmy I read Garoppolo. it this morning. <laughs> Have you listened to the Seahawks social podcast? Or you don't uh, like the Seahawks? No, no, I was going to ask about that. I was going to ask, how's that, how's that going? It's so much fun, man. It's so fun. What well, every it, week I just get to like sure talk what I'm winning. happy about. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Winning. Yeah, but, well, the loss was probably one of the funnest podcasts. That yeah, no, for sure. When we lost against Baltimore. Lamar is a freak. He is, but I don't see him as being a long-term. Well, just injury, like, right? He's he's like he's Michael a Cam Vick. Newton. Or he's Vick. a Michael Vick. Like he's one of those guys. He's an RG three. Yeah. Exciting to watch. Phenomenal. That's been moved. Probably a better running back than a quarterback, right? That's what they didn't they say he was supposed to be a receiver, right? When he came out of a, a, a the Cardinals, where did he? He's a big receiver. Where did he come from? Something Cardinals. The Arizona, Louisville, no Louisville, yeah, Louisville, yeah. Um, I mean, one of Heisman, but yeah, let's hear. It. I want to hear your poem. Okay, I haven't decided on the name. There's two names, so one could be what could have been, and okay. the other is an ode to the 49ers. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> do you want another beer? I would love one. Carl, do you mind grabbing a couple of beers? Absolutely. You've heard this before. I read it on the Seahawks social this morning. Jimmy G was not a star on Monday night. The yellow pants of the Niners did not shine so bright. San Fran fans wanted to go undefeated, but most of them were a tad bit conceited. All the experts doubted the Hawks. Quandre Diggs. It's quick like a fox. <laughs> Defensively, the Niners were tough. Shaquille Griffin waved his finger and said, enough is enough. The Niners offense had been rolling through. Jadavion Clowney said, fuck you. It's pretty good. Not a great game was had by Jimmy G. Russell Wilson's the real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the contender conversation, I think we gave the NFL a reason. We turn the lights out on the perfect season. It's pretty good, actually. Thank you. It's pretty good. <laughs> the rhyming throughout. No, I'm good. I'm good. I drink three. What do you want? Just so you guys can pick. Are you going to bring that to an open mic, Denny? No, I'm planning to walk through a cemetery tomorrow and take a selfie video and then post it. And boost the shit out of it and try to get some Seahawks to uh, say what up. <laughs> Any luck with Pete Carroll? Uh, no, I'm still working on him. Just respect sent, that guy. Send him numerous DMs. I tag him in every single post I post on Beautiful. Seahawks. Beautiful. Yeah, social. keep going. You're, that's the every only way. Single one. I've had a few of the Hawks like the photos. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Rashad Penny. 
Okay. Uh, Collister. Like, how long have you been a Hawks fan? 15 years. 15. So we're going back before Hasselback then. No, Hasselback was there. <laughs> the first game I went to. Okay. Have you been an NFL fan for a long time? Oh, yeah. So divisional playoff game in Seattle. Okay. Dallas. Okay. Romo. Sorry. Romo. Yeah. I think it was 2005. December 2005. It doesn't seem like that long. Or January 2006. Whatever. It might have been January 2006 that season. Uh, Romo fumbles the snap with a minute left on a field goal. Seahawks win by the one. exact one. Gets tackled on the one. Yeah. Vividly. Like I can... That was the first NFL game I've ever gone to. Wow. And like I played, I was in grade 10 then. And I played football throughout high school. So I was like... Somewhat NFL fan, but yeah, yeah. it was really... 2006. Was yeah, it? January 2006. Uh, it just made me fall in love. Like that atmosphere in that stadium is absolute insanity. Pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Just football in general in the states is it's a way of life. Have you been to other stadiums? Uh, I've really only been to the Huskies and um, Seahawks. Those are the only two stadiums. Oh, that's not true. Uh, I went to Idaho, Pullman, Washington. Mm. Fucking cold, <laughs> let me tell you, in November. I went to North Dakota. Sounds cold as well. <laughs> yeah. I went to school there for a year. To North Dakota? Yeah. Cold. Yeah. Our uh, our football team was pr- like, one. I'd say top 10 in the country, but Div 2. Okay. They were good. Weston Dressler. I know that name. Why do I know that name? He's uh, I don't know if he still plays in the CFL, but he was a, he's like one of the best receivers Seamers. in the league yeah, yeah. at Dress Saskatchewan up. for seven, eight years, whatever. Uh, he was there when I was there. And then their hockey team was like top five in the country in Div 1. That sounds familiar. Uh, TJ Oshie was there when I was there. Uh, Jonathan Taze was there the year that I, like he graduated the year that I was there. Oh, wow. There's a couple other guys I can't remember. What was the basketball? Uh, we were okay. We what made p- our conference tournament final. What position did you play? I played like one and two. Point guard, shooting guard. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Depends on the team. I liked playing shooting guard better, but at North Dakota, I brought the ball up a little bit. Um, Point guard's much more like passing assist type thing. Is that fair to say? You're distributing rather than scoring. It, yeah, it's expected to distribute more than you score. Often, your job is more to be like a quarterback, run the offense kind of thing, than necessarily score. Do you still play? Like, I haven't played a serious basketball game since UBC, which was two thousand nine. Why? Just sick of it. It's fair. It's fair. If I'm not going to be really good, I don't want anything to do with it. Really? Yeah. Is it fun to ball out, though? Like, No. <laughs> no, it's not that fun. I play, so we have a STM alumni tournament every year. Yeah. There's only four teams in the competitive division now, so it's not as good as it used to be. When we first came out of high school, there was probably like eight. Yeah. Did you go there to STM as well? Yeah. yeah. Did you graduate together? We did, yeah. We built a provincial team together. Did you know the Deloriers? Yeah. Of course. So Anthony, mm-hmm. Anthony, was, he, he was, was the, young, one, the younger, one two or two, two years older than yeah. us. He's eighty-seven. So, so yeah, exactly. I was out for lunch with him today. Yeah, wow, like, literally small world. Man. He went to SFU. His right. dad coached me. Right. 
His brother's a good friend too, Mark. Um, yeah, that I knew the Delores very well. I still do you know my brother, Tim? Do he's older? Yeah, he is forty. That's a fair bit older. I know he played SFU for five years. We wouldn't have crossed over. No, you wouldn't have. How many years did you play at SFU? Four. So you played with Ferrari, Anthony Ferrari? Yes. Yeah. Notre Dame. No, he went no, to SCM. SCM. But pretty much Notre Dame. He's like one of my Anthony good friends Ferrari. from high school. Very Italian. <laughs> I couldn't have guessed that. <laughs> um, I feel like I know that name, but I can't think of it. I think can't put a, name, a face to a name. Um, I was like 06 to 2010. Or, yeah, 06 to I think he just played one season. Yeah, just the one. Anthony I think so. Ferrari. And then he played hockey at SFU. Jordan Wong played at SFU, right? Football? Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew Sheldon played. I don't know if many of you guys are our age. They didn't play. Hmm. Adore Anthony is arguably one of the more athletic people I've ever played with. His dad, he was our D coordinator, he used to circle you in film. He, everybody's in the room, screened, going. It can stop and pause plays, right? Stops it, circles you laser pointer and goes, uh, is this your best effort? And there's nothing good to say. No. Why aren't you giving your best effort? Yes. You're a terrible athlete. <laughs> so you're, all you'd say is like, sorry, coach. Cause if you say nothing, he's like, Brady, like, what were you thinking here? And you're like, and even if you you'd be like, uh, this is uh, kind of what I was thinking. And he's like, that's right. Why are you confident with what you're thinking about? You're like, I can't fucking win. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to win. I'm just always going to lose. And really his goal was like, don't screw up my system. And a lot of the guys that did go pro to the CFL from our team, um, when they switched over to the CFL, we ran a pro style defense. So the lingo was different, but the transition was much easier. Um, I don't know if you follow the Canadian game at all. Zero. Um, I don't like it. I hated the Canadian game. Truthfully. I just don't like the it's rules, man. So it's boring. so strange. Um, well, again, they're throwing a, of... a balloon around this state. Like, it doesn't make any sense. The well, ball's so big. Yeah, it's huge. What is this? Yeah, these, it these doesn't hands, even look good these, in the air. These hands aren't good for that. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the challenge was, right, like, there's so much motion. Yeah. Yes. You can start it with three receivers by two and then switch to, like, one by four and back to four by one. Mm -hmm. And we used to be in... A particular coverage, coverage three, which meant three guys back. And depending on how they moved, we might switch coverages four times. And as a safety, you need to be calling that. And you're like, red, gray, blue, yellow, shit, what are they in? And then you'd like panic because you're like, I don't want to get beat deep. Right? Don't get burned for a touchdown. <clears throat> and, uh, and then you would get torn to shreds. Why do you know that? Oh, sorry, coach. They shifted five times. That guy changed from a tight end to a wide receiver. <laughs> Fuck, I missed him. Um, and the, in the Canadian game, the guy gets a 10-yard head start, a waggle as it's called, to get it like a, a standing still halfback as this guy's changing shades. You're like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to be in black coverage, which is like you're blitzing, man mm -hmm. coverage. You're supposed to keep inside leverage to take away the, the, the quickest throw. And this dude is running at you, waggling, like, ruining your shade. This is the fucking worst. Like, I want you to be standing still. 
not moving. And we had one of the guys that ran like a 4-3-40, usually lined up a wide receiver. Then they lined him up at slot back. So now this really fast dude gets a 10-yard head starting. <laughs> I think my fastest was like a 4-5-8-40. And he, you would just start bailing out because you're like, I'm not getting burned by this dude. And he just hooks up at like three. You're 10 yards <laughs> off and now he's got a 10-yard Oh, shit. Um, I just got to get a hand on you. Like, it's terrible. I hate the Canadian game. I'm just watching it as painful. But the American game is much more interesting. Let's talk about that. It's more fun for me. <laughs> you don't like punters, Denny? Have you ever been to the Punters? House? I don't mind punters. I fucking love Michael Dixon. He nice. liked one of my photos yesterday. Nice. No big deal. He's got like 20 different types of punts or something like that. Is that Nine. That? Is it nine? Nine, yeah. I thought it was more than that. You can watch his YouTube videos. <laughs> what? So have you been to a Huskies game before? No, I have not. Pretty... The only college games I've been to in the States was North Dakota. Okay. Like, I think we got like, I can't remember. The, it was like $5 tickets or something for students. It was silly. And they got 20,000 fans to every single game. 80,000. So cool. To the Huskies. Yeah, I know. It's insane. I, I, Ohio State's like 110, their stadium or something. Uh, that's or Michigan. Michigan. Big house. I think Ohio State's is crazy. It's like 102. It's like... Insane. Well, when you start including outside, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I took Andrea, my, my wife, down to uh, Huskies versus the Washington State Cougars versus the Washington Huskies. So, rivalry game. We're going down to Huskies. Beautiful, sunny day. We're at the tailgate. And it's just sea of purple and red. Oh, yeah. And she's looking around like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> this is American football. Yeah. Kids are just lit up like stumbling around yeah. and like red and purple get into the stadium she actually made it three quarters before the sun went down she's like okay i'm done like i'm this is cold now i'm over this i'm like i'm impressed you made it three quarters um i actually did my stag down at a huskies game we rented a bus 43 of us piled on 43 jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. uh i i, I don't think the, i even know that many people it was it was good. Like 43 dudes. We stopped across the border. Uh, again, OCD, I planned the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, JJ Bean opened up early, made us a pot of coffee. Boys got on. There was like Bailey's coffee, um, T-shirt. Uh, get across the border. We spent $1,000 USD at the first like supermarket we saw. We cleared them out of booths. Right, makes sense. Um, we get down. We're drinking the entire way. McDonald's actually, we pre-ordered food at McDonald's, showed up, <laughs> Seattle, like, breakfast packs. You know, if you ask it for a discount when you order enough at McDonald's, they'll give it to you. They give me a 15% discount. Huh. I was very shocked. I just asked, and they're like, yeah, sure, no problems. Damn it, I should ask for <laughs> um, But uh, get down to the stadium. We are blitzed. Uh, going to the stadium, drink. It was terrible. I think they're playing Rutgers. They crushed them by, like, 50. It was terrible. Get back to the stadium. I'd ordered... 30 pizzas papa john showed up found our bus 30 pizzas crushing outside the bus i have a good video that i can show you later uh we raced uh i may or may not have bailed hard uh hard um get back on the bus crush the entire way back up to vancouver we stopped at some bodunk little bar in blaine 43 like lit up dudes show up at this bar and they've probably never seen anything like it (laughs) probably not (laughs) and i proceed to order like 40 vodka sodas the guy's like what (laughs) like 
I have money to burn. Like, I've got too much. I need to spend it. And they're like, okay. I don't think we drank one of them. (laughs) And uh, then we proceed to go back across the border. I don't remember the border. Suppose I was being carried. Let's put it that way. Um, Maybe cut that part out. Um, (laughs) I made it across and then proceeded to go out downtown. And my thinking was, because my wife worked the next morning, was I have to stay out late enough to not wake her up. (laughs) Completely flawed logic, but the game was great. And like I said, I go down to, to, I haven't been down to much now because my buddy's son doesn't play for them anymore. Plays for the Rough Riders, actually. Nice. But I don't watch Canadian games, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're going to go to the game. I was like, I'll see you later. You're watching a lot of NFL, though? Uh, yeah, when definitely when I can. Like I watched kind of the last two quarters last night. Um, Who are the top four teams in the league right now? Ooh. And the reason I'm asking this is because Pete Prisco is a prick by his last name, Prisco, whatever his last name is, for CBC. So the Seahawks beat the only undefeated team in the league on Monday night. But they didn't move up in rankings over the They moved season. down. <laughs> down? In Pete Prisco's la- language. So they were six last last week in his power rankings. They're seven now. They went to seven. <laughs> they beat the best team in the league. So top of the <laughs> NFC right now because the Saints lost, right? The, I think the Saints aren't as good as their record shows. What are they? They've lost two? Seven They're and seven two. seven and two? Yeah. Green Bay. What are they? Six and one or seven and two? Green Bay's lost at least two. I think Green Bay's up there. Um, I mean, the Ravens got to be... Kind of two, uh, for sure. One or two. Um, Green Bay's eight and two. Eight and two. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put San Fran. I mean, their defense is unbelievable, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of overrated. He hasn't done a ton. Jimmy Garoppolo is bottom half quarterbacks for me in the league right now. <sighs> I could name 10 right now that are better. Colin Kaepernick. No. <laughs> that are currently playing. <laughs> Okay, he's maybe in the top half, but he's not a top 10 quarterback in the league. No, I agree. I agree. He showed that in the fourth quarter on Monday night. So who's, who's your top three cues? Quarterbacks? Go. Yeah. Russell Wilson's number one by far. It's it's not even... Bring up bring up a conversation. I'm happy to have it. No, no. I'm just... <laughs> I'm, I'm... Is anyone better right now? Today? No. Not no, three years ago. Tom good. Brady was much better three he's years ago. Good. I get it. No, he's very I'm happy good. to admit that. And finally, he's got some weapons. He finally has some weapons. I think he's creating the weapons. He definitely, like, Carson, what's his first name? Chris Carson. Chris Carson. What, Josh Gordon now is, um, what's his name, Hurt? The, the Tyler Lockett. Lockett. He got hurt last yeah, night. Yeah, right? it was heel? like a contusion that he had to go to the hospital for, but I think he'll, we have a bye this week, yeah. so I think he'll be fine in two DK weeks. Metcalf. Who's our tight end, too? Their tight end's not bad, too. Well, we lost. Disley was good. That's right. That's who it was. But we, I, he tore his Achilles, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Went down for the season. Went down for the season. <laughs> off that one. No. But he was great. Well, In the first got, five weeks, he had six touchdowns. They've got a stud. Well, he wasn't throwing an interception. That was the big value, right? He wasn't. I mean, last <laughs> night was an unfortunate one. Two he, interceptions or something like that. No one. Sorry. Uh, it, it was honestly, it was a, it was the right throw to make. He threw it a yard and a half short of where it needed to be. And the guy made a really good play. It was a linebacker like out on the flats. Some, uh, I think it was Hollister, our I new like tight end. using that lingo. The flats. That's good. I played football in high school. I know some, I know some <laughs> words. When you say black coverage, I know what that means. That means we're blitzing. I played, I played free safety in high school. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that means we're blitzing, so I just get to hang out deep. <laughs> that's, my, that's my job. That's cover I one. I love it. 
black, you'd be covered up. No, I'm not. I Cover zero is black. Well, in high school, we did. I, I, Which, you should have been covered. I so. never. I just did whatever I wanted. <laughs> They're like, okay, Denny, you're the most athletic guy on our team. You just hang out over here, and wherever the football goes, you go. Yeah, that's not black coverage. <laughs> black coverage is you're locked up because you should have two. <clears throat> Anyways, another debate there. But uh, I would say Russell Wilson, yeah, he's probably up in the top three for sure. He's a playmaker, you, man, the on, magician. Hold on, hold on. You got to rephrase that. Probably in the top three. His numbers are by far better than anyone in the league currently. Maybe tied for two? Or? Okay, but you can't say probably <laughs> in the top three. I want the wording to be, he's definitely the top two quarterbacks in the league, probably number one. I'm trying to think of who would I put ahead of him. Rodgers, maybe? No. Maybe? Rodgers is very good. Rodgers, I'd... His arm is unbelievable. 100% top five. He does so, okay, not have okay, all the go. weapons that Russell Wilson has. You got... You got, you got uh, Wilson, number one. Who do you got, number two? Uh, I got Rodgers, Brady, and Lamar Jackson as the next few. In what order? I don't know. Sorry. There's four. Rodgers, mm-hmm. Brady. Brady's on the tail end. He's on the downhill slope, which is fine. He's 47, 49, <laughs> 60. I'm not sure. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, Rodgers, and obviously Mahomes. A healthy Mahomes is... A healthy Mahomes is a questionable number one. Great. And that's probably, I think that's... it's a Wilson... Mahomes combination, Lamar Jackson, just because of how athletic he is. And I I just don't, you don't, I don't see him. He's in the top five, hey? Currently? Maybe him and Brady are five. I don't know. Like Brady to me is on the downhill slope. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. But the difference with Brady, he's a winner. Like that's that's his, his game. Because that guy is painfully average. Russell Wilson is just for the record, for for the for the podcast. Here we go. Uh, Russell Wilson's won 83 games. This is his eighth season. Brady won 86 in his first eight seasons. So, winner? Hmm. Russell Wilson might take that over. Hmm. Not a big deal. Russell is very talented. I'm not against him. He's We've a good player. He's got six games left. He's got to win three to tie. To tie most wins in the first eight, eight years. Hmm. And he's got to win five more championships. Hey, <laughs> okay. That's a good challenge. I understand <laughs> New England has had some success in the past. Yeah. I understand Tom sure. Brady is a legitimate quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Would you say he's the things. GOAT? No, absolutely not. I will never ever say that once in my entire is life. Is that just if based I do, on your bias of not liking the Patriots, though? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Just you're honest with it. <laughs> I'll never say that, ever. Who's the GOAT, then? Potentially Russell Wilson. <laughs> No, no bias at all. <laughs> Who's the greatest quarterback of all time? I don't know because it's, I wasn't not, around. I didn't. I never saw Montana. I like. I've. It's an impossible question. Guys, like, too, at the end of the day, the eras are so different. It's the, like, how do you compare Michael Jordan yeah. versus LeBron James? It's impossible. It's, I, I agree. They're twenty years apart. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Kobe could be in that conversation mm-hmm. too, right? Like, it's had, funny that basketball guys don't include Kobe in that conversation now. Because Kobe's a prick. But but is so is Michael Jordan. Yeah. I guess. He's not a good guy. He's an asshole. That's true. You're going to play ping pong with me until I win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> You're going to play with me until I win. Should I let you win? No. Okay, fuck. I'll play with you more. You heard that story, right? Oh, yeah. I was a big Jordan fan when I was a kid. He's like, he's my idol growing up, obviously. 
being an eight-year-old in the early mid-90s. That's fair. That's who fair. else do you love? You either love Michael Jordan or who? I guess Magic was probably on his way out at that time. To still stay one of my favorite football games, though, is the 2005 National Championship between USC and Texas. Did you ever watch that game? Hold on. I can name, like... Was that the Vince Young game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was an overtime game? Was it overtime? Uh, it was, like, a ridiculous yeah. score. Reggie Bush. Um, it was, like, 48 to 46 or something. Vince like Young. Was, there was some huge mm. names in there. I do remember that game. What was it, it? 41 to 38. Mm. Huge, huge. Like, that was one of my favorite games. 2005, I was graduating high school, like, going into college. I was so excited. Vince Young was a stud. Who's the quarterback for USC? Matt Leinart. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shit. I was going to guess something. It's funny how some guys can just stud out in college and then be absolute duds. In it's the a NFL. totally different game. Though. I understand, but <clears throat> like, like why, why is Russell Wilson the best quarterback in the league right now? Subtle. Um, yeah, undersized. He doesn't played at Wisconsin, had a mediocre college career. Yeah. Got picked in the third round. He's like, a playmaker. Like, he, he does make plays. Uh, there's no, no questions it's this about this right here. He's yeah. so much smarter than Lamar. Like, Lamar Jackson, I understand. Super athletic. Mm -hmm. He needs time to learn. Russell Wilson was not this good six years ago. No. He didn't have to be, though. That's the thing, because mm -hmm. he was more athletic six years ago. Sure. Lamar's... Like, that's the big thing. Athleticism will diminish. You, you just can't sustain. That run he had this weekend? That was pretty crazy. <laughs> that was stupid. That spin move. Right? Uh, that's what we're talking about? Yes, yeah. yeah. You're like, how did you spin like that? <laughs> Two guys. Yeah. Against, but it's also against exceptionally athletic people. Exactly. You're like, you are really good. But he also did that for Louisville, right? He was a stud when he won the Heisman I that year. I watch college. It's, it's. I, so many it's, games. it's really fun and I do like watching bowl games I, I won't, just won't watch through the season it's really difficult to stay on top of like there's it's many, so time consuming teams. totally too, too many teams yeah. too many teams I, I agree with you but there's too many good teams too how yeah like you could watch 20 teams a yeah. week did you know 30 for 30 has a podcast by the way I don't know if you don't just switch subject mm -hmm. do you ever watch the 30 for 30s yeah oh yeah they have a podcast I just heard about it today mm. I was like they were talking about the um, L.A. Clippers' previous owner, whatever his name was. Oh, that guy that got in trouble a few. Yeah, Balm, no, Balmer's a new one. No, the the, uh, the guy you're talking about, the racist guy, with his is it his wife? We haven't brought a Don Cherry kind of <laughs> racist. Don, Donald Sterling. That's right. That's right. I haven't listened to it yet, but I just heard about it today. I was like, Thirty for Thirty has a podcast. I'm into it. Those. Some of the greatest sports films ever. The You? The Deion Sanders one? You watch that one? No. It's also a good one. I don't... I don't oh, really Jack? watch much TV, to be honest. Yeah, I stream everything. No watch TV? Okay, let's... I really like talking about the NFL. Can we talk about the <laughs> NFL a little bit more? I'll try to not be biased. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> impossible. Try. I'll try... Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to try. This is not CX Social. I can filter myself a little bit. I like the NFL. I can talk Anything about that's going through my head is just like the Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that's win. the prediction rate that I was listening to on PTI today was uh, Seahawks Ravens, I think was the 
prediction. That'd be unbelievable because I went to that uh, Ravens game in Seattle. A few things didn't go our way. Rest through that pick six, mm-hmm. which really killed the momentum. And we just didn't have a chance over that. But Lamar is really interesting to watch in person because he is faster than you think he is. Yes. There was a few, uh, I think there was two third downs in the second half where he just kind of got outside the pocket and picked up 12, 15 yards for first down. And it's just like, oh shit, we got him on the edge. The DNs got him. And then he's just like 15 yards. And you're like, How did, hold on, what? How did that happen? And it was the same, like seeing that spin move this weekend in person, I'm sure would have looked totally different. It's, it's different. So when you say you like watching on TV, I get that you see like the little behind the scenes and there's replays and all that kind of stuff that's cool to watch. The... Amari Cooper's toe tap. Like mm-hmm. you, to see that live, you can't, you can't, like you miss that. If I was sitting, even <clears throat> if I was sitting like 10 rows from it, I'm never going to see it because it just happens so quickly. It's just hard to replicate. And I don't think you can the atmosphere Great. of 75,000 people Screaming. screaming. And just seeing the absolute ridiculous athleticism and size of these human beings in person. Seahawks are the worst fans, by the way. I'm sorry to tell you. That <laughs> I think, is a, a, okay, the so, worst. They just stand the whole time and they scream. And you're like, guys, like nothing's happening. It's a commercial <laughs> break. Why don't we sit down? I'm tired. I've had like 12 beers. In the last two years, I've been to five games. I have not touched the seat, I don't think. Yeah. Maybe at halftime. Maybe at halftime. You you're down. the problem. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> Honestly, this I think the Seahawks fans are pretty good. In terms of like other teams' fans, <clears throat> why are you yelling? Nothing's happening. Nobody's works. on the field. We have the most false starts. Cool. I'm okay with people are on the field. You scream, but like, there's nothing happening, and you're just screaming. Okay, that's not true. That's entirely true. A commercial breaks, people take it easy. I right? went to a Saints game or a Saints Seahawks <laughs> games years ago, and I was wearing a Saints jersey specifically because bad mistake. A buddy of mine, yeah, it was terrible actually. <laughs> so I was in the nosebleeds, and you know how they're up in the nosebleeds, like it's so steep, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, silly. You're gonna fall off, yeah. and I'm gonna die. Like if you're hammered walking down those things, I don't know why there's not more death. <laughs> like I don't, I can't see why that is not so a problem. We were up in the nosebleeds. You like enter here. You're walking up. And I get like, I don't know, 10 steps up and all I hear is, boo, boo. And I'm like, and I get to this guy and I'm maybe halfway up and I'm, I'm walking up this way and he's sitting here and he just turns to me, boo. Like, Are you booing me? Have you been booing me this entire time? He's like, yeah, you suck. And I'm like, you are really rude. Like, I, I'm just wearing the jersey. I don't even care. I'm just, I'm trying to enjoy the game. He's like. I still walk up to the seats. He's still turning around now, watching, not watching the game, booing me. <clears throat> You're the worst. You are the epitome of bad fan. Most of my experience with the Seahawks has not been that. I've obviously seen that. And it's mostly just drunk idiots that, first of all, don't really like the Seahawks. They just probably live around Seattle and <laughs> go to one game every three years. They don't really care. Most of the good fans, and I like to put myself in that category, I like, I enjoy talking to them. Like I sat beside, uh, I went to the Rams Thursday night game yeah. early in the year, week three, I think sitting beside a, a guy wearing a Rams, Rams jersey. They really fall off this year. 
I know. Goff is not playing the way he did last year, and Gurley's not running the way he was running. It's unfortunate. I mean, running back is just a terrible position. It's a, it's a, you just got absolutely beat up. It's a meat market. It's, like, oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, and you're terrible now, and we're going to get rid of you? Oh, no wonder we don't want to pay you any money, because you're just getting crushed every play. And there's a new guy. We'll just take him. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No wonder Melvin Gordon doesn't want to... They're not going to pay Melvin Gordon. That's the thing with like a guy like Carson. He's a beast. He For, could be very, very good. But he's fumbled seven times this year. That's right. Lost five. That's not ideal. Is that what you want to running back? <laughs> I really, I really like him. I do really like he's him. He's a beast. He runs well, he can also so c- hard. Catch out of the backfield too, right? He's one of those freaks. Like he's so athletic. Yeah. Anyway, the fan thing. I enjoy talking to these people. Because first of Seahawks, all, it's ballsy as fuck. Like going into. If you go to Oakland, I'm a bit obviously a big Seahawks fan. If I go into Oakland and wear a Seahawks jersey, I'm like 50-50 whether I come out of there alive or not. Uh, now you'd be okay. Like mm-hmm. last year you might didn't they get the news? No, that's San Fran. San Fran. Yeah, Oakland was, moves to Las Vegas next yeah, that's year. Right. I think, right? That's right. But yeah. yeah, Oakland's a little sketchy too, right? You go across the bridge, the Bay Street Bridge, is that right? I've never been, but I heard it's a little sketchy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's ballsy. I get and so I was, I was sitting beside a Rams guy, uh, Ram, a guy wearing a Rams jersey at that game. And the game was unreal. It was back and forth the entire game. We ended up winning by one because the Rams kicker missed like a, I don't know, 49 or 50 yarder or something on the buzzer. On I the love end. they move, move back the extra point though. I love it. Yeah, it turned it from like a, what, 99% to a 80 Nine percent? I think it was like ninety four, ninety three, or something. It's under ninety now, though, right? I don't think so. I think it's still up there, but it was ninety nine percent. There's a lot. It was more, guaranteed. I feel like there's a lot more misses, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is more exciting because you're like, oh shit! Like it's not a gimme. You're um, no, not better off going for two. But anyways, so you were down there. They won by one. I just like the conversation. I chatted with this guy. He, uh, I don't know. He, like, was born in L.A. or something like that. Mm. He's a Rams fan. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. They're not- also, like, throughout the game, we're, like, high-fiving each other. I'm like, fuck, that was a good throw. He's like, I know. Golf kind of sucks this year, but that was a really good throw. Like, it, it's, it's cool to have that banter back and forth rather Dude. than just a drunk guy behind you being high-fiving you, not knowing what happened just because the Hawks scored a touchdown. Well, and that's where I said to you, I mean, it's hard not to like a winner. At the end of the day, you're right. I like the Seahawks. My problem is just they're so close. I don't like the bandwagon jumpers, and I hate being that person. I just like players. That's actually the truth. My thing is I don't give a fuck about what you like or Carl likes. I like the Seahawks. I don't care if you jump on the bandwagon. Bring them on. I don't give a shit. Let's do this thing. Also, I would like to point out that my season ticket holder wait list number is 78,000. So if a few people jump off the bandwagon, it will help me. (laughs) Isn't that unbelievable? 78,000, eh? I'm on the wait list to get on the wait list. The wait list, the actual wait list for the Seahawks is 12,000. Caps at 12,000, but there's a wait list that they I'm, set up for the wait You think I'm going to in your lifetime? Yeah. It, it, it'll only take like, if they have three to five bad seasons in a row, I'm sure a lot's going to drop off. I'll get it in my lifetime. I might be 60, but I'll get it. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. I like that determination. Mm-hmm. What else do you want to talk about in the NFL? I can talk Everything. about it for a while. I fucking love NFL. 
I like I like what the Atlanta Falcons have done. I, I, I don't How know. hold on, let's talk about the the Atlanta Falcons. What are they two and eight? They're terrible this year. You like what the Atlanta Falcons? No, no. Are what they've done with their fan experience? Oh, okay. Did you hear about those? Nope. So have you heard about those? Uh, they got approached um, by one of their management or whatever that was like, because people were just sneaking food and booze into the game, getting shit faced out front, coming to the game. How? Tailgate. Just get shit faced out front. But how do you bring booze in? Have you been through the security at a Seahawks game recently? Uh, it's intense. First of all, you can't bring any bags. You can bring a wallet or a clear bag. No, they sell clear bags. I didn't get patted down. I didn't get patted down. It would be easy. When? I was down there in September. That would have been easy. I didn't get patted down. I didn't get get a full. I I get a full pat down every single. Cute. Probably. (laughs) Do you think it's the beard? Must be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so so people getting shit-faced up front, coming into the games and not spending any money. So he, they wanted to increase fan experience. That was his big thing. And he got approached by one of the guys who was like, hey, we want to drop the price of everything. Because they were getting charged for straws, like a box of straws, something like $42. And they're like, uh, sorry, why are we being charged $42 for a box? Of straw? I can go to Walmart and buy it for like four. It's like, oh yeah, it's competitive with the marketplace. What's the marketplace? All the other stadiums. <laughs> so we're all being bent up. So they were going to fire all their food because they got that new stadium. They're going to fire all their food vendors. Uh, then they end up bringing back these people, but they said, we don't, we want the price to come down. So a hot dog's like two bucks. A beer is like four bucks. And originally they uh, approached Arthur Blank and I'm, I'm butchering these numbers. So don't hold me to them. Yeah. Um, they, they approached Arthur Blank. They're like, Hey, we estimate you're going to lose about, Six million bucks this year. But your fan experience is going to go up dramatically. And he's like, I don't care. Do it. Easy to say for a billionaire. <laughs> oh, I lost six million. Yeah, that's like <laughs> me losing $100 in, <laughs> yeah. in a year. Um, so it ended up, he ended up making another two. Like he didn't lose six. He made eight. Because people were like, originally I could spend 30 bucks and get a beer, shitty nachos, and a shitty hot dog. Now I can spend 30 and get like, six hot dogs and nachos and two beers. And they're like, well, why would I drink outside? I'll just drink in here now. Hmm. And the revenues dramatically increased. But the thing they didn't talk about was you can't buy a single game ticket anymore. Like you and I can't just go up. You have to get it scalped. So the type of person that also goes to the game isn't the like, I'm going to bring my son today. It's like, no, you need to be reasonably affluent. So it's kind of misconstrued, but their hmm. fan experience has supposedly dramatically gone up. Um, just due to, we lowered the price of stuff. I know I was talking on the way here to a friend. He was at the Dallas. Who did Dallas just play? Minnesota. That's right. Minnesota's a bit of a dark horse too. There's, they only have two losses too, right? Adam Thielen. Maybe they're six and three. Dalvin Cook. What's his name's coming on? Uh, Kirk Cousins. He's coming on. Finally playing well. I'm taking Carl to his first NFL game. Oh. Monday night, December 2nd in Seattle against the Vikings. That'll be a good That'll one. That'll be good. That'll be a really good one. Super excited. Jordan Shelton, huge Vikings fan. He is, I know. Huge Vikings fan. I, I think I posted something about the Vikings, and he's like, fuck yeah, I want to <laughs> go to that game. He commented on Instagram. You post some, like, your guys' podcasts have been good. I've listened to him. I've commented. With him? Yeah, I po- I've, I've commented to both times. I was like, you know, I got some value out of that. The first one was early. So, personally, obviously, I'm very hard on myself. I was not good at all 
in this platform probably for 40 episodes. 40? 40, probably. 40. Probably. It just takes experience. It's like anything. It's like selling a house is not easy until you've done it a bunch of times. Great. Now I know what the process is. So, but now I feel pretty comfortable. And now I think the last like 30 or 40 have been pretty good. Just more value, more conversational, less like, okay, what do you do for a living? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. How, you know, how do you put a will together? You know, this is boring bullshit. No one cares about that. <laughs> Nobody cares. And no one knows. <laughs> People want to know why Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the league. That's what they want to know. Um, no, I, I, the second, well, at least I listened to both and they, they were both good, I thought. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you were bad in the first one. I think he, he's, he's good. He's good. He's done this a lot. He's run a couple podcasts. He yeah. does a lot of public speaking. Yeah. He has a lot of value to bring to people in terms yeah. of social Agreed. media stuff. Agreed. So I think he's just, he's good. Yeah. He, he's, he's good. <laughs> he brings value. I, I like people that bring value. I don't know. Um, what about the NFL? What, what do we got? How bad? Okay. First of all, there's a lot of rule changes, which is, Outstandingly well, confusing to everyone, including the referees that are currently yeah, yeah. refing games. Yeah, yeah. No one knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. What is, what's happening? Do you like this? Some um, of it is good. I like protecting quarterbacks because they are the people that sell the league. The money makers, yeah. They sell jerseys. They sell tickets. Yeah. They're what put people in seats. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Mahomes. Those people yeah. bring people to the stadium. Great. Well, Protect them. Don't the let makers. them get hit in the head. Yep. I get it. I love it. It is a bit soft, truthfully. Because the refs don't under, don't know what to do. I mean... Did off- you see what the fuck happened on Monday night? I did not. This is how soft the refs are getting. Russell Wilson goes like this. On YouTube, you're going to be able to see this. Gets out of a tackle and runs for 14 yards. They whistled him down. as <laughs> a sack. The guy literally put his hand on his back as Russell Wilson gets out of a tackle and runs for 14 yards. They whistle him down. I didn't see that. Okay, sweet. Seven plays before that, Carl, Russell Wilson <laughs> gets punched in the face from a D lineman like coming around the edge, just smacks him in the face. Like Nothing. No, Zero. nothing. Nothing. I think just everyone is so confused. They don't know what to throw flags at. It is tough. I mean, the PI thing too this year is a fucking gong show. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I mean, it's hard as a defender because it's become an offensive game so dramatically that you're like, you're playing really, defensive as a defender. I really can't do anything yeah. to touch, harm. I mean, I don't know if you remember Taylor Mays. Does that name ring a bell? Mm-mm. So if you look up his hit against Penn State, I remember this specifically. I don't know if you do you remember this one? Sounds like you remember it specifically. He, Penn State, uh, 274 left in the third yeah. quarter. <laughs> he, the dude was like 6'3", 235, 240 pounds, free safety. Maybe strong safety. A safety. That's a big free safety. <laughs> so he comes downhill. The Penn State receiver runs a slant. The USC cornerback is on his back, like goes to make a play. Receiver catches it, and Taylor Mays deletes both of them. Like, literally, it was like they shot a cannon through both of them. The Penn State receiver just crumbles, and even the DB for USC was, like, out. He went to the NFL, and he was nothing. Because 
they started to change the game mm -hmm. and you just, you can't hit like that. Yeah. And part of me is like, I get it, defenseless receiver. But I also go, man, like, they're there to hit. That's a confusing rule to me, this defenseless receiver bullshit. What is a safety supposed to do? That's they time a play perfectly. They get there as the ball is delivered. They're supposed to stop running, wait a second and a half as the guy lands, and then just like push him over. What are you supposed to do? You can't. Like that's that's what I mean. Even from when I played college ball to now, the game changed, and I was like, I would not be very good. Like I was average at best, and now I'd be even worse um, because you just you can't put hands on. You can't like play physical penalty. Penalty, and you're like, okay, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? I'm average athlete here. I need as much help as I can get. Um, but, but, yeah, in the NFL, I, I feel, I do feel bad for the defenders. I mean, it's become an offensive game. That's why we've seen. I mean, they they talked about Mahomes being the first quarterback to reach a hundred thousand yards. That's fucking insane. When you start thinking, but that's what that was one of the things. Like, if he continues on this pace and can play at the length of a Tom Brady. Yeah, he'll put up, he'll be the first hundred thousand passing yards. Yeah, hundred thousand passing yard quarterback. That was the the stat that got thrown out. Which, what's, what's the who has the record right now? Uh, is it Brady's approaching it or Breeze is approaching? I think Breeze actually holds it. He did he he hit it this year, wasn't it? Yeah, he broke man. Breeze yes. broke a couple records recently, right? Mm -hmm. But then he, he got injured, one? so there was talk of Brady beating his record. Okay, and then who knows how long they play? So. Let's guess. What is the total amount of passing yards by a quarterback to date? Uh, <clears throat> 73,000. 86. Wait, what? Total number <laughs> oh, of sorry. passing yards in a career. It's a 75,000. 75? Mm -hmm. what, what are we playing? Prices right, I win. <laughs> what did you say? 72? I said 73. Oh, 73. That's pretty good. <laughs> so the top Prices five right are Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Dan Marino. So, sorry, who's at the top? 73 at, or 75 at Brees? Uh, so, yeah, Drew Brees is at 75,500. And then second is Tom Brady at 73. Yeah. So that was the talk that the way Mahomes plays, obviously, again, like, <clears throat> if he has receivers like he has, Tyreek Hill, terrible person, unbelievable player. <laughs> um, Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> unbelievable player, but terrible human. I remember my sister-in-law did a fantasy draft. And I was like, oh, you want this guy? She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, terrible person. <laughs> like, you, morally, you don't want this person, but yeah, you want him on your team. And she lit it up and she's like, oh my God, Tyreek Hill is so good. A year later, the news, she's like, is this the same person? I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, terrible human. I told you that. <laughs> Did she have Ray Rice on her team, too? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. <laughs> oh, God. Um, who is Casey's running back right now? Um, it was a guy from the Bills last year. Oh, the Shady McCoy. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy. Mm. Um, he was the Eagles guy before, right? Yeah. And then they got Travis Kelsey. Who's number 17 that also fast receiver? Who's the best receiver in the league right now? DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is unbelievable. Where is he? Uh, Houston. Houston. I mean, Deshaun Watson's an unbelievable <laughs> quarterback too. Um, he's he's been not set. top five. Nope, I agree. Uh, he gets sacked a lot. I mean, they they took on um, the left tackle from. That's where we got Clowney from. Yeah, dude, Clowney is an animal from Houston. 
He's so good. You ever watch him? Well, you wouldn't have watched college when he was at Southern. Southern. I don't know New, where he went. South New Orleans? No, something Carolina. South Carolina. That's where he was. He went to USC? No, no, South Carolina. Oh. And he deletes the running back. That's also a, a, a YouTube video you need to watch. <laughs> That's why he got drafted so high. He didn't, he sat out his next year. He didn't play. And then he got drafted. Look up that YouTube wow. video of Jadavian Clowney at South Carolina. He and Taylor Mays. Look up those two. Oh, man. Both these hits. It's <laughs> fucking unbelievable. But that's why he got drafted. Everybody's like, oh, my God. He got drafted number two or three overall by Houston. And J.J. Watt was there, and the hope was they were like going to stud out together, which they did, but he was hurt the first season. I'm surprised I remember all this. It's quite surprising, actually. My wife said that to me the other day, too. I was, her sister's pregnant, and they were having a conversation. I started, like, spitting off things. She turns to me, like, how do you remember this? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I don't know where I kept it, but, <laughs> but I'm actually pretty impressed with myself. She's like, I thought you had a terrible memory. I was like, I did too. <laughs> you want to talk about negatives of football? Like, eh, concussions might come back to bite me in the ass. I actually don't think they will. I'll be okay. But, um, how many do you have? Diagnosed? I know. That's the problem. Even like me in high school, I think I had three. Yeah. Throughout my career in rugby and football, I had three diagnosed con concussions. You did? But a headache was considered a, a, a concussion. Well, is blacking out probably a concussion? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I remember, <laughs> remember blacking out at least twice in high school. No, I didn't black out in high school. I didn't have many in high school. Really? Oh. No. I remember in uh, grade nine. Uh, great. We oh, way back. Oh yeah. yeah you're gonna have CT. We, we played sure. provincial final grade nine and ten. Okay. Grade. In grade nine, I remember like trying to run outside the DN and he just like grabbed my jersey and pulled me so down. So you played halfback and no uh, quarterback. Oh, you played Q, okay. And played at the old BC place that was just concrete. Yeah, yeah, of course. I remember the AstroTurk. Just my head hit the ground and it was stars for like 30 seconds. The next huddle was Super difficult. Healthy. Super healthy. Yeah. Super healthy. Yeah, really good. I had one playing <laughs> rugby where I felt like I was stoned. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like giggling and playing outside center. And one of the guys is like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm good. You're like, he's like, you're not okay. <laughs> we used to, I used to have a concussion, concussion after every game, a headache after every game. Oh yeah. Playing football. Most games. Like I could use my head as a weapon. Mm -hmm. So what did I use? Um, I don't think, I mean, I was worried about my memory. Um, but this past kind of RSP season, I had a list of about 97 names that I had to go through of clients of mine. And I was leaving for Hawaii March 2nd or March 3rd. And RSP said, RSP deadline was like March 2nd, whatever it was, March 1st, mm -hmm. March 2nd, or March 2nd, March 3rd. And I phoned my assistant. I was like, okay, hey, we need to go through this list. She's like, okay, when are you coming in? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done now. Let's go through this list. She's like, There's no way. I was like, start at A and let's work our way through. And I could bang off every amount what was in their RSPs and what they were doing and what, where I was when I talked to them. We finished and I was like, wow, I'm not, I know this isn't politically correct, retarded. <laughs> Pretty impressive. I mean, I won't remember this conversation next week, but <laughs> I'll remember all that. Um, 
And she looked at me, she's like, how do you remember this? I don't know. I don't know where this sticks. I don't know how it sticks, but, but it's also my business. That's, that's why it sticks. Mm-hmm. Rather than, what did you eat for lunch? Did I eat lunch? I remember. But, did you have stingers? Uh, not that I remember. <laughs> I can't imagine they're that healthy. And I'm not, I'm not joking right now, Brady. Grade 10, 11, 12, I'd say I had at least one a game. One a game? So at least. What's a stinger? Like a contusion, essentially. A stinger is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you might know more about this than me, but I think it's your nerve getting pinched oh. and you're losing feeling. So it was always, for me, my right. Arm. And it would be like, I'd, it was always on, de- well, mostly on defense. I'd go into a tackle and my head would just get right. tilted this mm-hmm. way. And it would pinch a nerve in my neck, and my right arm would go numb for like 20, 30 seconds. See, they didn't let me play defense in high school. Mm. I wasn't allowed. I could only play quarterback. That was it. And the odd time they'd let me play D-end, because there was less impact. Um, Because a tackle in high school is not going to stay with me when I was the most athletic guy in the field. Mm. Um, And I was always fairly big. I was like 190 pounds at 6'1 in grade 12. Mm-hmm. So I was always a bigger kid. Um, I don't remember really a lot of stingers. I, I'll tell you a story. I remember uh, we were playing UBC. And the starting free safety broke a clip on his helmet. So I came in for two plays, had an interception. And the coach was like, you're staying in. And... I come through, I'm playing, the starting free safety was not happy. We're still good friends, still holds it against me. Um, I came through on a free safety blitz, and it was like the Red Sea's parting. And the quarterback, who I knew, mildly disliked, I was like, oh my god, I'm going to have an interception and like a forced fumble in the same game. Like, I am going to stud out. Come through, and there was a guy named Chris Chinsky. He was maybe like 5'8". 235 pounds brick shit house and he's behind the tackle and i don't see him so i'm coming through like full bore last second he just steps out and drops his head and it goes literally through my sternum there's something called your xiphoid sternum did you know that exists i didn't is that behind your sternum no it's literally like an extra underneath? little piece oh. underneath your sternum so he hit this <laughs> and crumples me right like one of my 195 pounds at this time, 6'1". This, like, again, brick shithouse. And they watched on film, you just see me like, <laughs> and he hurt my chest so bad they had to pump my legs to get my diaphragm going. And little did I know, I broke my wrist. I have no idea, because my chest is hurting so badly. I come out for two plays, go back in. Come off the next series, I'm like, my wrist is hurting. And they're like, okay, they tape it up. Play the rest of the game. I'd broken my wrist. Uh, later in the game, he breaks a tackle. He's coming downhill. I'm at free safety. I'm like, you know, like, this is my chance to redeem myself. I'm going to throw everything I have at him. Like, full, like, Ugh! And he just goes, <laughs> like, chicken wings me. And I just, like, flop everywhere. And that was probably the closest to a sticker that I had. Where, like, I was a child and he was a full grown man. Um, and then, yeah, I went to go pick up my bag later that after the game. And I like picked it up and I was like, Oh God, like what's going on? It turned out that I broke my scaphoid and 
which is supposedly the worst bone in your body to break is what they say. Where is that? Um, your anatomical <laughs> snuff box. It's right there. What words are you saying right now? Yeah, science. <laughs> science. Um, Dr. Brady. Yeah, Dr. Brady. <laughs> a couple of doctor friends don't say that. Um, I'd be really offended. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hinge bone in between your, your wrist. Um, Why is it the worst? There's one blood vessel that goes through the entire bone. So typically when you break it, it severs that blood vessel and dies. So necrosis of the bone. Yeah, look at that. Good vocab, right? Studied. I don't know if these are real words. (laughs) They are. They are real. (laughs) Truth. Um, So they. It's common, like when you snowboard and you land like this, you break it. Um, Basketball, same thing. You land on your wrists. Um, But uh, it's supposedly one of the worst to break because you just it dies. And Mm -hmm. they got in a week later and pinned it, and it still died. So I have like a pin and dead bone floating in my wrist. But they're like, "Does it bother you?" I'm like, "No." I'm like. Well, we're not going to fix it then. Was, okay, sounds good. It's like, you're going to have arthritis. I was like, I was probably going to have that anyways. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably the thing I know. Like, I was talking to my trainer today, and he's. I said, I'm going to go back to Bermuda. And he's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard that. Um, he's like, how old are you? I was like, 32. He's like, you are going to be in shambles when you're like 40. I was like, my body's a jungle gym, and I'm going to treat it that way. You only get one. Let's, let's have fun with it. Yes, I'm going to pay for it later, but I'm hoping the science catches up with it, you know? Probably not. Is that really what you... <laughs> I remember my first stinger in grade 10. <laughs> That's worse than me. Stinger in grade 10. Um, I'm not joking. I'm, I believe you. After the first one, almost trouble. every game. <laughs> my back's pretty sore right now, to be honest. <laughs> Just talking about it? No, like... For the last couple of months, it's just fucking working out every day, Carl. It's a stupid goal. I just have, <laughs> I just have to win. <laughs> I have to do it. How many days do you have left? I don't know, 47 something. Like till till January 1, basically. Yeah. So what do we got? 31 in December plus 17, 48. I have 48 left. I can do it. I'll be fine. My back's going to be fine. <laughs> I've had like 38 stingers. I'll be okay. <laughs> My first one, I remember asking one of the assistant coaches. It was in a practice, the very first one. I'm like, fuck, I can't feel my arm, man. It feels like it's tingling. Hits me on the hits me on the back of the helmet. It's probably just a stinger. You'll be okay. Let me know if it's still numbing a play or two. <laughs> and a couple more plays go by. He's like, how you doing? He's like, I am like, I can feel my fingers again. He's like, yeah, yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> And so from then on, I just assumed that it would keep going away, right? It's fine. It's fine. So like, I don't know. I always hit with my... Left shoulder? Yeah, always. Are you left-handed? No. No, no, no. I always hit this way. But I guess it would tilt my neck that way and pull something on the right side and make my right arm go numb. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Always. And it just kept happening. And I'm like... I hope it goes away again. In 20 Your body's seconds. a jungle gym too, man. I hope it goes away again in twenty seconds. <laughs> How much different is football now? Oh, it still happens because you have to lead with your shoulder because you can't mm. lead with your head. But but even the like the concussion stuff. I remember a game we played at Moet in grade twelve, where being an athletic, stupid seventeen-year-old, I feel like it's my duty as a quarterback to just run over linebackers. Of course. So. Play action, get outside the pocket, nice gain, first down, see a guy coming at me, I'm going to lower the shoulder. 
Might as well. RG3. <laughs> Not going to have a long career. You know what my favorite was? Blackout. That's Stars. Headache. Very bad headache right away. Halftime, go into the locker room, talk to one of the coaches about it. He's like, how long did you black out for? I was like, well, I was able to get up after the play, so I don't know, like a second. He's like, <laughs> gives me a couple Advil. He's like, you're fine. You'll be okay. <laughs> is what it is. I don't know. But today you're going to this fucking little tent on the sidelines. Did you see the, oh, you didn't see the Oregon one. You don't watch college. They've got like a, you hit the thing and it's got a bathroom that pops up yeah, now. You saw what? that? I thought that was pretty cool. That's, again, Oregon's got so much money, right? Oh, I know. Um, How many different jersey combinations do they have? Like 80, 75. That'd be fun to be as a player, hey? That'd be a place to Just be. Just so much gear. Oh, You read his book, Shoe Dog? I have, yeah. That was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Realizing how, like... It was a bit dry. Yeah. It was a lot, yeah. Just to see him, like, bullshit. No one knows. Yeah. Bullshit his way through mm-hmm. and almost go bankrupt, like, 50 times. You're like, cool. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse, but... Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, as a quarterback, in high school specifically... Was you'd throw, you'd pitch a toss the opposite way. You'd only get really one or two shots at this, and you boot out the other way. And you get a D end from like, pitch this way, the D ends here, watching the play. Again, I was a fairly sizable individual in high school, and I would just come up under this guy's chin and just delete him. I'd really only get one shot at it, and I got to make it count. I'd like, belly out a few times like not doing anything and then that third one i'd like pitch it and he's just watching the running back and i just go boom and just delete him my coach got very mad at me well that's the leverage of only playing one way is when i was playing quarterback throwing tosses i'm thinking okay this is a playoff so that i can get some feeling back in my right arm (laughs) whereas you're trying to kill people anybody that are on the opposite side of the field but he's watching. Well, you're an idiot. And then I, <laughs> then he, then he'd watch me very closely after that. So I wouldn't usually get. I was still fast enough that I could boot out around him. But I, yeah, those were the days. Stan was weird. Like, again, I was pretty athletic in high school, so I played quarterback, usually uh, free safety, sometimes corner. I kicked. Kicker. So like the only time I was not on the field in high school football was kick return. See, I was a kick returner and a quarterback. You just get fucking annihilated as a kick returner. That's not a good position to be at, especially stepped, if you're the quarterback. I, <laughs> I stepped out of bounds a lot. <laughs> and I'm out of bounds. I'm good. Kick returners taking slides. Whatever. <laughs> Stay healthy, man. <laughs> I, and my, yet you're trying to light up DNs. Man, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, yeah, rugby was sweet in high school, too. How are you for time? Well, you probably have more responsibilities than me. No, my kids asleep now. My wife's, my wife's, I told her, I was like, I won't be home. She's like, what time is it? I don't know, how long, how long does this go? <laughs> okay, I'll just see you when I see you. Perfect. Um, rugby was pretty fun in high school because we had such a strong program. Um, and I was saying when I got in here, I, I, I heard a business coach. And I've always dealt well with coaches that are pricks. Like my quarterback coach from grade eight to 12 was an absolute asshole, like just an asshole. But by grade 12, he stopped yelling at me. And I'm like, why? Like, why, why aren't you mad at me? And he's like, 
You're doing everything I've told you to do for the last four years, so I don't have to yell at you anymore. I'd really like if you yelled at me. It'd make me feel better. My high school rugby coach, still a very good friend of mine, like, just a prick. But he got results. And um, he, especially in rugby, allowed me to basically do whatever I wanted. Uh, again, do you, you know a little bit about rugby? I understand how the game works. I do just don't know the all positions? the rules. No. I couldn't name them all. So half back. Uh, that is a position. Scrum guy. Not a position. <laughs> uh, I was I was an outside singer, outside center winger. Okay. So more space, faster, break tackles type thing. So you weren't the scrum guy. I was not a scrum guy. Okay, fair enough. Um, this face is not developed for <laughs> scrums. Um, and uh, but our fly half was not very good, so I couldn't get the ball to me. So they're like, you're playing fly off. Okay. Like, I don't know how to play fly off. They're like, you have a, like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. So, okay. So I just ran a ton and it, it was, it was a cool experience. I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously losing 13, 13 really still stings, but, um, it went to provincials too, or we went, we, there was a BC team and there was a Vancouver, so there was a provincial tournament again with like Chilliwack Island. Vancouver had two teams because um, we were such a big group. There's Vancouver 1 and Vancouver 2, and Vancouver 1, we just absolutely pumped everybody. And I wasn't allowed to go with the BC team because I had my brother's wedding, my oldest brother's wedding. And they're announcing the team, and I remember this vividly. And I already knew, like, coach knew I couldn't come. They were like, well, what if we fly, fly you back for the wedding? I was like, I can't go. Turned out I had mono, and I probably would have been in some serious trouble if I got hit because my your liver? spleen, spleen, thank you. I had mono in grade 12. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, they, when they're announcing the team, like I don't get announced. You see five guys just turn like, why didn't you get picked? And I'm like, guess I just wasn't good enough. Like, oh my God. Like what a shame. And I'm like, no, no, if I got picked, like I chose not to go <laughs> dicks. But I remember that. That was a long time ago, though. That's 2005, 2006? 13, 14 years ago? See, I still think of myself as 21. Like, even though I'm, like, married with kids, I still think of myself as 21. Like, young, but I'm not anymore. Like, I'm not old by no means, but still think of myself as, like, I can do everything. But think back to when you were 21. Thought I could do everything. But how much dumber were you? I'm still pretty dumb. You're still pretty dumb. Yeah. You're slightly smarter. Painfully average. That's what I, that's, like I said, that's what I was, no, I'm sure I'm slightly above average. I say that all the time. It sounds arrogant, doesn't it? What? Like if you hear someone else say it, I, I say this all the time. Like whenever I don't receive compliments well, I understand that's one of my flaws. When I receive compliments, I, I say, I'm just an average white, like I'm an average white dude. Like I was born in, sure. I had some advantages being born in Canada in a middle-class family. Just a normal, average white guy. I like working hard. I work a lot of hours. That's all yeah. I do differently. That's the differentiation. Nothing special. Yeah, I'll just outwork you. But people don't like that. It's okay. I'm my worst critic. I always have been. I like my self talk is pretty bad, especially on a squash court. <laughs> oh, hold on. I want. What does bad mean though? Like, Brady, you fucking suck. Like, what are you doing? And you're like, 
Like if somebody heard that, they're like, that is not healthy, but that's what gets me going. I think that's really healthy. It's probably not. I should probably say like, forget about it. Keep going. Rather than you suck, do this better. Like, but that's what resonates well with me. Exactly. Because I say the same things in my head and I hear them as you're so much better than this. Why are you not producing? Agreed. I whack my calves. I hit myself in the foot with golf clubs all the time. Oh, that sounds way more painful. It's not. One time I thought I broke my foot for sure. (laughs) It's not healthy. I aim for the bottom because there's more padding there. Good. When I'm upset. One time I missed and hit the side. And I like, I thought I broke whatever this bone is. You might know them better than me. I don't know the metatarsals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Metatarsals? Yeah, metatarsals. I don't know those ones. I've injured my ankle, so so I, I'm familiar with those bones. But um, yeah, self-talk. And even, again, in business, right, like I'm my toughest critic. What could I have said differently? How could I approach that differently? What could I say next time? But that's how you learn. That's how I learn. 100%. And um, that's why you keep getting better. Well, I understand I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. There, every single conversation with clients, I can learn something from. I could have presented information better i could have understood their perspective a little bit better every single one have you ever seen that that four grid thing and like where you fit the the like analytical driver uh emotional and amiable Mm -hmm. so i've done that test probably 50 times (laughs) and i always come out as an analytical driver which as an analytical driver i do it again fuck this like i'm not an analytical God, you're fitting right into this mold. But I think of myself as a bit of a chameleon. You kind of have to fit different people. Like, if they're a bigger driver, like, well, there's no point in driving harder to be. That's not me. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll be the more passive individual. I'll be more amiable, kind of near the center. But it's just interesting learning that about myself of like, well, where do I fit? How do I fit? And the different conversations you have, but also the people you like to work with. Mm-hmm. Like that that uh, thing I was talking about earlier with the lead generation. As soon as I started talking to the guy, he was an athlete. He was a decathlete. Is that the 10 one? I think it's the 10 one, right? I think so. Um, <clears throat> and his partner was a 400 meter hurdler that ran 400 meter hurdles in like 48 seconds. That sounds really fast. He's like, yeah, he's really fast. But immediately I was like, you're an athlete. Like, you get it. I like you. Rather than, like, I studied sciences. I'm like, well, you don't fucking get it. (laughs) You don't get the suffering that's involved and the Mm -hmm. process to become better. And that's what I think that humbleness, even though, yes, I'm my own worst critic, I'm like, you can always learn something. You can always, you're like, well, you'll never be perfect. But I don't accept compliments very well either. Like the, I have a client that I have to drive out to tomorrow on mission. I didn't have to, but I was like, how do I make this as easy for them as possible? Someone died. They need to get the paperwork done. I want to help them as quickly as possible. They're like, thank you so much for making this as easy as possible. Cool. How can I like record that and tell that to everyone? Right. But that makes me feel good, even though like, it's just my job. That's all I do. Mm -hmm. But, and again, not accepting a compliment very well. Not shitty at my job. This is cool. <laughs> but that self-talk, right? Like, well, you don't suck. Perfect. <clears throat> and my kid's not retarded. Great. 
you like even going back to when you said the two Jordan podcasts were good. My first reaction was, well, the first one was really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pick up on it then, but now you do, right? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> What's well, even the nervousness with this one, right? I'm like, oh, like, what are we going to talk about? I've told you, like, what do I need prepared? What do I need? But it is. It's just a conversation. Trying you, know, to be. N- you know how much time I spent planning for tonight? Nothing. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I assumed. I got home 35 seconds before you, called, <laughs> really? you texted me. I walked in the door, and I'm like, oh, hey, Carl. Shit, he's here. I got to go back down. <laughs> no, it... it uh, but I used to spend so much time, and they were way worse. Really? Well, because well, I'd again, ask stupid questions. The like, process of just redoing it and redoing it. Like, how much editing do you guys do? Not, not a lot. No. I just play with the audio sound and just clean that up. But like, we don't cut things no. unless people ask us to cut stuff. And we've well, like, only had one person in 85 episodes of that. Yeah, it's pretty rare. We're running almost like two and a quarter hours here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you cut it down to like an hour, an hour and a bit? We don't. You're not? No. You'll keep this one two hours. What's the problem? I, uh, I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, I listen to it. I listen. Uh, so it's my podcast. <laughs> it's our podcast. This is what I like. I like listening to Joe Rogan episodes that are just conversations yeah. that... Maybe in a three-hour thing, I hear four or five things that I really like and take away from. The other parts are just entertainment or, you know, whatever they are. Or I'm just zoning out while I'm going for a run or working out or whatever. Yeah. This is what I like. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to be the guy ever that condenses something to 27 minutes that people... I just don't... I don't really care. I like this better. I learn from this. I like them. I like the conversations and we haven't completely cut me off. So I'll take that as a sign. It's not terrible. <laughs> not we yet. should wrap up. Should <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Didn't second time I've dropped. I'm not getting, not coming back from that. That was, that was the interesting part with this tour. Like not to, to jump to that. My goal was to get invited back to Bermuda. Mm-hmm. So I showed up with 40 pairs of beneath, you know, the underwear. How much you pay for them? Cause I got a better deal. The co-founders at, client and friend of mine interesting how much did you pay for them you got them for free didn't you you bastard <clears throat> i found them at marshall's last year in the state in oh. palm springs which i'm going to next week pumped um they were 3.99 yeah so they were, were they beneath or my package at that point beneath yeah um they have a black friday deal that's pretty killer mm-hmm. so i used to get pairs for reasonably priced but mm-hmm. uh, the co-founder hooked up pretty because well. regular price they're like 30 bucks yeah, 30 40 yeah something like that um, three ninety nine is a great deal. There's three ninety nine. Yeah, don't. Three ninety nine is a great deal. You should buy as many as you want. Um, I know. I'm going back to Marshall specifically to buy ten pairs of beneath. Yeah. Next week. So I, but I showed up with forty <laughs> for the boys because, like, don't want to show up empty handed. Similar tonight, like that was this thing again. My mother taught me, like, don't show up empty handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> a suitcase. Half of it is full of underwear. So I'm jobless being like, this is fucking weird. Um, and I get there. And again, I know of the 40 guys, I know six guys. Like three of them I know well. Six, I like, hey, I've met you before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, hey, I have 40 pairs of underwears for the boys. They're like, who are you? Yeah, uh, it's like beneath. And the guy's like, what? Like how? Oh, yeah, co-founder's a friend and client. Like, he hooked it up. Okay, yeah, like, where are they? I'm like, they're in my suitcase right here. Like, throw them 40 pairs. You're up for rookie. Like, good. Good rookie. And I'm like, 
I'm getting invited back. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> How do I provide value? How do I like give more just to get back? Um, so I think I can hook up some Lulu too. A good friend of mine works for, for like Lulu head office and they're the right type of clientele. Like for the boys on the tour, we're like, where do I buy this? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So the free underwear kind of paid for itself. What does it cost them? Like pennies? Mm-hmm. And four guys spend 80 bucks, 100 bucks. Like, okay, it's paid for. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? To like try to get back. I think you were bringing up sponsorships for the podcast, which is great. We're really interested <laughs> in that. Numo Financial? No, sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. kidding. Um, have you guys been approached? No, we haven't really looked yet. It was never my, there was never the goal. Maybe long term, but the goal for year one was just get a ton of content and get good. And you've done how many so far? 85, 80? 80. 80 this 80s. year or total? We've, total. We've been going for just over 12 months. We started last end of October last mm-hmm. year. Okay. Pretty good. Every week, basically, or two a week? It depends. Sometimes two a week, sometimes every week. In the summer, it was it was like one a week or one every two weeks, but throughout the spring, it was two or three a week, mm-hmm. back to two a week in the fall. It's pretty good. I've enjoyed listening to it. It's so fun. It is good. Uh, as a critic of myself and the podcast, it's getting better. The so, quality. So what's next? Same shit, man. I really enjoy this. This is what I love doing. I think it brings people value. I wish five years ago I would have had something like this to listen to as a young person trying to work my way into working for myself. Just picking up little things that people go through, sharing experiences, that's what I like. And you can't get that in a 10-minute conversation. Mm. It has to be long form. No. What's been the biggest piece of value that you've gotten out of the podcast? Um, or maybe top five because it's probably hard to pin down one or number one. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. Nice. Look at your your memoir is going to start with no that. One. Every like last night, Ty Corsi, uh, realtor Fraser Valley, doing really well. I think he said he was sixteen years in the business and he's only thirty six, which is crazy to start Ooh. twenty. He, uh, I think, he has fifteen thousand followers on Instagram. He is crushing video content right. um and i like admire all That's the stuff the he's doing bomb, right yes and he's like pumped me up to do some new stuff or just be more consistent with video stuff in 2020 mm-hmm. and he's admiring me and jamie for other things that we do so like everyone is just trying to figure it out and that's pretty cool sweet we've had some sweet people on i don't know if you listen to manny manny is Manny's posted yet? Is he Daily Hive? Oh, he's my, next. Oh, he's next. next. Okay. That's Daily Hive, right? Uh, he, yes. He, I think he was Bahia? an investor in Daily ba- Hive. Bahia? What's his last name? Pada. Mm, okay, different one. Sorry. He uh, built a tech recruiting firm. Cool. Uh, was doing like well over seven digits a year. Well. Didn't really like the lifestyle. Felt he was, he has written some articles with like, What's that big business? Forbes? Forbes, yeah. Uh, Talking about like being an entrepreneur and suffering from anxiety. Uh, He, what? Just, I laugh because it's. It goes hand in hand, basically, (laughs) right? Like, 
I had dreams while I was away in Bermuda about clients mm -hmm. and I got home. It's so silly. And I was like, Hey, like, did you message me about getting mm -hmm. together? And they're like, no. Oh, that's not normal. <laughs> like, he's like, no. I'd like, how was your trip? And I'm like, oh, you didn't message me. Are you sure? He's like, yes. I like searched through my emails, my texts. Oh, that's not good. That I like the anxiety mm -hmm. of what if something goes wrong? Mm -hmm. That's normal, but I'm just totally. <clears throat> I understand. It's uh, so for me, it's cool to talk about. It's cool to talk about with a guy like that who I see as like way up here and I'm way down here. Yeah. And he now he does a ton of angel investing. Yeah. And he said he's written over 100 checks. So he's invested in over 100 companies, which is mind blowing to me. Wow. But just to be able to have a conversation with him and understand that he's still trying to improve on a shit ton of things. He's still trying to find that balance in his life of yeah. like family as two kids versus like loves still loves to work and wants to grow the company and is still battling like with this mental stuff. So it's just like everyone's trying to figure it out. That's a cool thing. When understanding like everybody cliche again, everybody puts on their pants the same way. Mm -hmm. All of them, mm -hmm. you, me, Joe, Bob, Jim, Greg, mm -hmm. all put them on the same way. Yeah. Um, so you kind of go, like I was watching that Bill Gates Netflix. You seen that one? No. It's interesting. Can brilliant dude. Now he's a very normal individual, but had to crush some skulls to get where he's got. But you're like, he's just an outside thinker, but he still like puts on his pants the same way. Mm -hmm. Just has a lot more money, but has bigger problem. It's just interesting how they get there, the process. I think I enjoy the suffering the most. It's weird to say, but the like. If you don't have any suffering, you, you can't enjoy the good stuff, right? You can't enjoy the big win if you haven't been through the shit. And the going through the shit is what, yeah, it makes you enjoy the, the wins that much more. And the growth. You're like, holy crap, where was I five years ago? Mm -hmm. How did I survive? I don't know if I told you this, but I have my T4 in my my office highlighted with what i made my first year it's like oh my god how did i survive 17 four six seven but i laugh at it Seventeen thousand four hundred and sixty seven dollars. that's interesting but i go huh okay the year before i got into real estate i my paychecks i was working at royal bank for about six months my paychecks were 816 dollars every two weeks healthy 400 and whatever that is eight dollars a week Healthy. What like? And I don't want to make fun of that because I know like a lot of people in Canada aren't making that much money. Or like, what is what is the average salary in Canada? Forty something thousand dollars a year. I heard the one percent in Vancouver is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's the one percent. You make over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're in the one percent. In Canada, I'm oh, sorry, Vancouver, Vancouver. Hmm. Don't know if that's again accurate, but that's what I had heard, hmm. and I was like. Sounds like a lot. But of average money. is less than fifty. Yeah. A lot less. I think like the average family is like seventy five thousand or something. I thought it's less than that. Average household income, I thought it was yeah. like under sixty. Jesus, how can you survive any here like that? I know. Well, again, cost of living depending on where you are. Right? Exactly. Buying a house for a hundred thousand versus buying a house for a million. You watch those like HGTV shows in the South, and they're talking about buying a house for one hundred thirty thousand dollars, and we're going to do just a doesn't make any full sense. gut of this house, and it's yeah. going to cost us forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah. I did a bathroom and it was 40. <laughs> <laughs> I was not even possible. Yeah. 
oh, the cost of living is 10 times that much. Right. Okay. But like you grew up here, you grew up here. I don't really feel like it's that expensive, but we're also in the more privileged for sure uh, group. And you're like, oh, no, it's not that bad. But household income of 200 plus, you're like, oh, yeah, no, it's not that bad. Yeah. So it's just interesting. But the suffering. And I, I even now, like, going into that that first game I played in July for that B-side Canada, the nervousness. Like, I was genuinely nervous. And I was like, you know, I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I don't have that very often in my life anymore. I don't sit in front of many clients where I'm like, yeah, I don't kind of know what's going on. I'm nervous, right? Like that feeling of like, oh God, what's going to happen? And I tried to, you try to emulate that because it just doesn't happen as often when things not become monotonous, but yeah, okay, I know what I'm doing. It's routine. It's easy. You're comfortable at a certain level, right? Same for me. I can't remember that. Uh, I don't really remember the last time I felt that. And it used to be every single listing appointment for like the first year. So maybe there was like 40 or 50. Yeah. But now it's just like, it's confidence. It's repetition. It's, I know how to handle all these different concerns that people are going to have. Right. I've heard them all. I've heard them all a thousand times. Like I know, I know exactly what is going to. So, so what what are you doing? What's, what's your process to create that feeling of being uncomfortable? What are you going to do next? Uh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Uh, I started three different podcasts. That was something so, that I was not on, comfortable the Seahawks, with. This one and... Uh, Garbit Duma Real Estate Podcast. So you got another one. We've okay. done four episodes. We'll probably do two or four more before Christmas and then launch it in January. Cool. And that's with you and James. Yeah. I just really like this platform. It's so much fun. But you are doing one thing that's going to make you uncomfortable. That is correct, Carl. Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing that up. Actually. You got it. Great segue. <laughs> I was never comfortable in like in front of crowds ever. I really enjoy one on ones. I don't know what that means. Thunderbird football alumni. You're a speaker. I am. Yeah. I saw it. Oh, you did. Shit's getting around, Carl. <laughs> I did. I was. I saw Shay Emery. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, by the no, way. No, 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 Shay Emery like posted something. Do you know Shay? Yeah. Uh, like. I know who he is. I don't like know him personally. Went to VC, absolute stud. Mm-hmm. Hunter Miller. I think he was around my age, or maybe a year older. older. He's older than he's a year older than me, so he's eighty six. Oh, for he some reason I thought I played against him, but I get hundred and ten meter hurdler national champion. Mm-hmm. Champion, um, absolute stud. Played in the CFL for the Alouettes for a bunch of years. Um, great dude. Just a great dude. Has a men's experience business now too. Um, and uh, but I saw him post something and I was like, oh, like what's that? Click, looked it up. I was like, speakers, Denny Dumas. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, oh, fuck it, sweet. I'm gonna bring that up. So nice segue, Carl. I like that. Um, so is that your big one? It's yeah, it's something. Well, a year ago when we started the podcast, I kind of brought it up. Like, would you ever want to do any public speaking? And Denny had wanted no part in it. I feel you. But so what's changed? Just more comfortable? I like that I feel like I have some value to provide to people. Mm. It's a cool feeling. And I, now I just want to be able to help, like help in any way. Mm-hmm. 
I love the coaching side. I love like, obviously mine is very real estate specific, maybe some podcast specific now. I don't know. There's I think it's cool to like just share experience. There's a lot of shit that's happened in the last six years of my life. And if that can help someone in any capacity. small way, like if it would have helped me five years ago hearing what I've gone through in the last five years, why not share? When the consistency to hear the same thing over and over and over from different people, you're like, oh, maybe that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. Rather than like, I heard it from one person mm -hmm. and I never heard it again. You're like, well, is that true? Is it not? You hear it from 10 people and you're like, mm -hmm. oh shit. Okay. That makes sense. I, again, maybe that's me because I'm a repetition learner, mm -hmm. but. You know what? I'm more conscious of like listening to people who are in these public environments. So like NFL commentators is a good one. They are horseshit. They're so bad. I could do a much better. <laughs> I'm not joking. They're so bad, man. Tony Romo is great. John Gruden was great, but now he's a coach. I love Tony Romo as a commentator. I think he's really good. A lot of the guys you can tell have either never played football or not at a high level or just are not smart individuals. Yep. They're so bad. It's painful. They're saying terrible things that I want to punch them in the nose. So it, Can I, can I it, take a pee, by the way? Yeah, let's wrap up. I got to pee really bad today. <laughs> My, I just wanted to make the point I'm that like... I'm sorry to interrupt you, brother, again. Public speaking can't be that difficult and that intimidating if people don't know what they're doing are on national television every week. Yeah, but they, you're just in front of a camera. Really, there's like, what, four or five, maybe maybe 10 people watching you? More than, like, you don't ever see it. Similar to this. There? Yeah. So there's a disconnect, yeah, he's that's saying. A good, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, even this. Totally. You, so, like, what's your average viewers, approximately? Like, our viewers, or, like, listeners? What's our highest one? 850? It's, yeah, somewhere on there. Yeah. So, imagine 850 yeah. people in this room. Totally. The comfort level would, like, There'd be awkward pauses. There'd it would be... be really cool. And we've thought about doing live podcasts. And I just don't know how to tell people to show up. <laughs> I'd show up. Just purely to hopefully get on the next one. <laughs> I would love it. I think it'd be funny. Anyway, or interesting and entertaining. Would I have those nerves? Probably. 100%. Yeah. But then you just do that enough that those nerves go away, right? And then on to the next thing. And yeah. that's that's the exciting part. Like I know like I put on a forum a couple of years ago in front of 350 advisors. 340, whatever it was. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about? I don't think I'm like that good. And then the first guy went and I was like, well, I'm way better than him. Though. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you sucked. I'm, I'm better. Okay. This won't be so bad. Yeah. And it was just a conversation, except no one answers. Like it is nice when you have a banter back and forth. hundred percent. Rather than like. And you know how I'm going to start this thing? So I think, I, what is the topic? Uh, transitioning from sports to yeah. business is the topic. So literally, I'm going to start and just be like, look, I feel like I'm best in q and I like conversation. If anything I say you have a question on, throw it out. I want to talk more. I don't have any material. I'm going to share a little bit about my experience, but I want to... So my like, challenge there, because I said the same thing. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, like throw questions. Especially in that environment, like 300 people. Well, okay. So this event, apparently, according to the guy that invited me, is going to be like 40. So 300 to 40 is totally different. Still a fairly intimidating environment mm. that I find probably asking specific people like, hey, what did you think about this? Or like, do you have any input to like invoke that involvement is 
possibly valuable mm -hmm. because you just ask people like, hey, do you have any questions? Even if this person has the best question in the world, oh, it might not be the best question in the world. Do you know that like insecurity mm -hmm. in front of a room where everybody's an alpha, right? They all came, most of them are football or football alumni mm -hmm. where everybody's typically a more top dog. And how do you transition? How do you like all those things? But you're like, ah, uh, I'm here. Like, well, so literally the first, I think they said like, there's three speakers, you get 10 minutes each. And then there's like a big Q and A afterwards that all three people are up there. So like one of the things, literally one of my two topics that I want to talk about is no one knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I like how he's got that. So I'm like starting that. I'm starting good. with that and being like, no one knows. I don't know. This guy that introduced me doesn't know. This guy that's sitting next to me doesn't know. I don't even know his name. I don't know. He doesn't know. We're just trying to figure it out. If you have a question, just ask it. Because I don't know. I'm going to share what my experience is with that question. Let's just do this shit. Like, that is my actual mindset in real I life. I may even though. preface, it's, you don't know, but you can find out. We're trying to figure it out. Like, that's, that's one of the things, like... Yeah, of course, you don't know the, all the answers, but I can try and figure it out. I can mm. Google it. <laughs> you Totally. And that's the thing is like constant growth all the time. I know how to market homes. I know how to sell homes. I know how to communicate with you know people that are selling homes. homes. too. I'm uh, slowly getting into poetry. <laughs> but like the business aspect of real estate is a com like complete learning curve, right? Yeah. If it's a hundred step scale, I'm on step 1.75, like so low, still learning everything. I'll give you two. Everything can get better. Video blogging, like all the stuff that we talked about with Ty last night. And how does the process so, change too, right? Like what, what works now may not work a year from now. What works a year from now may not work for That's the exciting 10. part though. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And adapting, right? The process and suffering. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming, man. I yeah, awesome. appreciate it.